Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is John Roth of the band Stonehouse. Now, uh, Stonehouse is a name that keeps kind of uh, coming up when I talk to these local jam band scenesters here. Uh, Stonehouse and Electric Boogie and of course Acoustic Hookah. Um, these guys are it, just for this area, of course, and Stonehouse keeps coming up and they've been around for a while now. And I reached out and, you know, I'm doing the, kind of this series. Well, it just developed into this weird series I'm doing now of the local jam band scene here in Toledo. And like, why is it happening now? And what what forces, what cosmic forces are drawing together the energy of the jam here in Toledo? And so we're kind of tracing back the history um, and, and really, it all comes back to hookah. And I mean, of course, uh, besides the obvious answers like dead or fish or, you know, the big guys, uh, it all comes back to hookah. And uh, that as like a primary, uh, primary influence, especially to start a band around here. Anyways, so we kind of talk about that, and when once the conversation gets going, I just want to preface the conversation by saying that, because we're kind of g- dropping in on the middle of a conversation, you guys know I like to do that sometimes, and you kind of get the idea of what's happening as the conversation unfolds, but on for this, just so you guys know, we're talking about the first time John went and saw Acoustic Kuka. So keep that in mind once the interview starts here shortly. So I want to give a shout out to um, uh, Waxtastic and Frogtown, uh, Glassroots for putting on an awesome show last Friday, August 24th. It was at the Bronze Board downtown. It was such a lovely vibe. I really loved it. And the guys from Cactus Jack invited me to come play with them. And the guys from Waxtastic, we have been talking about doing something. But I had some babysitter issues and I wasn't able to sit in, which I wish I would have. Uh, I man, because both those bands are very impressive. I got to see a couple songs by Wax Tastic as they started their set, but I had to leave because of babies. <laughs> so, um, but it was such an awesome vibe, just like outdoors in the evening air. We didn't know if it was gonna rain or not, but it didn't, and that's lovely, you know. So. Uh, you know, thanks for putting that together. I, I it really felt warm and welcoming. All the musicians were very kind and and generous, and just it was a beautiful time. So, uh, looking forward to working with these guys again in the future. Um, I also want to say that Stonehouse's next gig. It looks like on their events page on Facebook. That is is the actually the second annual Sacred Harvest Music and Arts Festival. I've been talking about this for weeks now, guys. So you can go to Sacred Harvest, uh, what is it, sacredharvestmusicfest.com to get your tickets. And Stonehouse is playing there. That's their next time they're playing is at that festival. So you, if you want to check out Stonehouse, if you like John, like I play a song at the end. Also, heads up, there's a song at the end off their last album, Dig In, which you can find on Spotify, 
Google Play, anywhere you get your music. Uh, you can probably buy a CD off of them or a download card. John gave me a download card. Very nice. Thank you, John. Uh, anyways, so uh, go check out that website. Get your tickets. It's not this weekend. It's next weekend, the September 7th through 9th. And other bands playing there. Uh, just a cool lineup if you're into the whole, like, this region's music scene here. There or the jam music scene. Um pretty cool lineup lots of uh lots of bands you probably heard of like waxtastic or cactus jack um let me see hold on i'm going to the website right now so let me just give me a second oh <laughs> they still have lineup coming soon uh well we got members of of the god damn i can't remember their name i know desmond jones and Indigrass. I'm just trying to think of the shit off the top of my head because I am just failing right now. I'm failing everybody by just rambling into this microphone and not having this shit prepared. Anyways, just go and check it out. I, I'm rambling about this. I'm done with it. I gave you the website. Go to the sacredharvestmusicfest.com. Get your tickets now. Check out the lineup on their Facebook page. I'll put a link in the show notes. I also want to shout out my homies and brothers in arms, Skanks Roots Project. They're on tour now, folks. I need you to go out and support. They're going to be playing the House of Rock in Corpus Christi the Flami on August 30th, uh, the Fling Flamingo Cantina in Austin, Texas, August 31st, and September 1st at the Launchpad with, uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. They're en route right now, so... Uh, they're also coming with Wakane, which you guys have met her before. She's been on the show. Um, she They're bringing Wakane on the road with her for these uh, uh, Southwest shows. So go and check them out. Give them love. I'm supposed to be there. Me and Sammy Roots are not going to be there because of extenuating, extenuate, extenuating circumstances. I think that's the right way of saying it. Um, I, I'm not going to go into it right now, but <coughs> that actually does lead me to what is coming up in the spirit of the jam and uh, spirit of jam bands and, and tracing the roots back to acoustic hookah for this weird uh, jam scene that's sort of sprouting out. And I, I don't mean weird in a bad way. Weird is great. I, I like weird. If people aren't weird. I mean, there's good weird and bad weird. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, the weirdo who's hanging out by the playground. I'm not talking about that kind of weird. But <laughs> that aside, this uh, this scene that's kind of sprouting up here in the region of Northwest Ohio, Southern Ohio, Ohio in general. Um, I'm going to Hookahville. Uh, I I can't go on tour with my brothers, so I am going to Hookahville, and this is the 50th anniversary. 50th. Uh, 50th Hookahville, I guess. I think it's 25 years, but they do two a year, so this is the 50th one. And they're doing something kind of special, which which I thought was awesome, is they're getting, they're calling it Hookah 2.0. It was after the sh Mullins year. And now, I know if you're not familiar with this scene, then you're probably tuning out right now, and you can just skip ahead to the interview if that's what you want. But this is, this is, so this is, this is post sh uh, Mullins, uh, the formation of the Mullins Band of uh, the first amalgam of uh, hookah. They're gonna be doing a tribute to that for Friday. Saturday is Hookah 2.0 with Ed McGee, Cliff Starbuck, I think that's his name, and you know all the old guys. And then the new version of Hookah on Sunday. 
I'm going Saturday. I, I'm sorry. Mullen's songs, some of them are okay, but it's all about the Ed songs. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, like, I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. It's all about the motherfucking Ed songs. <laughs> so I'm super hyped about that. The only thing that I'm kind of bummed out about is supposed to, like, thunderstorm all weekend. And I'm only going Saturday night, and it's only an hour away, thankfully. So, like, if I don't get too, like, high, I guess. I'm not drinking or anything or doing any hard drugs. So, if I get too high on the pot, then maybe I will just sleep in the car and call it a night. But I, I was talking to my friend because Sammy Roots is coming into town, and he's about to – from uh, – Gangster Youth Project, they're coming, uh, there's like 20 people, it's gonna be like a high school reunion of like all the druggies, <laughs> all the hippies who were like, like, you know, hippie students back in the day, you know, clay, high school and shit, um, so it's gonna be fun, I, I'm looking forward to just hanging out with friends and seeing old friends and doing this thing that we did in our youth, you know, this was like, hookah was such a huge part of our youth, especially in Toledo, <coughs> I left when I was 23, and obviously, you guys know, I came back last September, so I was 23 when I went to California, so it was everything pre-San Diego Mike, so, like, all that bullshit, like, it was such a formative time, I was going to these music festivals, dropping acid, seeing fucking hookah, and then getting exposed to this whole... Uh, who could actually open the door for like the dead and fish and everything? Like I, I really wasn't uh, into jam music. Uh, I was into like funk and Miles Davis, bitches brew and like Herbie Hancock and and Weather Report and Jaco Pastor. You know, like I was just like these these high upper echelon players who I immortalized, immortalized. I guess yeah, immortalized in my brain. Who who are just who are never die. Um, beautiful beautiful music, but. You know, it, it just sort of opened it up to a whole, opened my brain up to a whole new genre of music and whatever. So, hookah is very important. And so, a lot of weird mixed emotions going into this. I'm kind of dreading it in the sense that it's like going to be so much stimulation. And, and and I'm finding as I get older, like, I can take so much stimulation. Like, like when you go out and play a gig, there's a lot of stimulation, a lot of stimuli, if you will, <laughs> that... Uh, it comes in with people you talk to after the show or during the show or like you're you're you know you're constantly juggling uh wavelengths you know between other people so it's you know you gotta stay on your toes anyways lots of stimulation already in my head so when i'm down i like to just be you know in my hole in my burrow so i'm not dreading it in that sense but it, it you know i'm looking forward to it the other part is that it's supposed to be rainy and I was talking to Sammy Roots. He's coming in Thursday, tomorrow, whatever day it is. I think it's like the 29th or some shit. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's the 29th. So tomorrow, the 30th, he's going to be coming in, flying into Detroit. And we were talking over text, and he was, I was just saying, like, fuck, dude, this rain is really bumming me out. I'm 35, man. And like I was saying, this was my youth. Like, I was 23 and under when I was going to see Huga. Uh, regu regularly and so now you know fucking years and years later i'm fucking almost middle-aged here trampoline around trampoline i don't know if that's even a word tramping around fucking hookahville in the mud like with a bunch of fucked up hippies going like you know like on one hand that sounds super annoying but on the other hand it sounds like you know just be prepared like bring a poncho stop being a fucking pussy 
go camping. Get out of the air-conditioned house that you're so accustomed to now here in the Midwest in this blazing sun. It's like fucking 90-something. You can't go outside for more than five minutes without fucking coming back in with your balls dripping down your leg. Literally, your balls is like, like slink down your leg. Not even ball sweat, just your balls. I don't know where I'm going with that. That was so stupid. And I do apologize for uh, putting you through that. Um, yeah, so eh, a little bit of roughing it with people, nice people, who might, may or may not allegedly be fucked up on some kind of illicit substance. That's fine. That's a lot of stimulation, but maybe I need that right now. And plus, all my old friends, I'll be able to see that I haven't seen in years. I mean, I'm literally, we have like 20 people flying in just for this one night at Hookerville. And it's only for the Ed McGee night. So <laughs> no offense to, you know, the the, the newest version of hookah. No no offense to the Mullins years. Uh, I, I think that during, uh, that was the peak though. Like there's no questioning that the peak of hookah happened between the, the years that Ed was involved. And uh, I mean, you just, if you were there at those hookahvilles back in like the early 2000s or even late 90s where it was really growing into this crazy movement um, and growing out of control, like to the point where people were like, oh, they're fucking sold out now. And like, oh, they put a fence around the perimeter. Now I can't just sneak into hookahville. (laughs) You know, like there was a lot of talk like that. And, uh, I mean, I'll admit, I fucking was like, man, I do not want to pay $100 for one night. But um, I think it's going to be worth it. And and if I can't be in Austin with my brothers, uh, you know, playing music, doing battle, doing my job, then why not be with my brothers here in Ohio and have this, like, beautiful reunion? And yeah, I don't know. I think I just made myself feel better about the whole thing. Thank you. You guys came with me. You guys talked it out with me. Thank you so much for being here with me, guys. I can always count on you to, to have an open ear and an open heart. Anyways, let's get to John. But first, write the show. We speak English good at gmail.com. You can also leave a review on iTunes. Uh, you know, uh, write something nice. You can write a negative review, too. I don't care. That's fine. I, I love that. But don't do that just because I think it's funny. <laughs> because I, I, I can only imagine, like, a flood of it that will, like, break this, this like, very thin wall of protection that I've put up for myself from online trolling. So <laughs> it's a very thin, crumbly wall. So if I get more than, like, 20, like, bad reviews, I'm going to feel feel horrible so so if you don't like the show leave a review that's fine but anyways share subscribe uh go to the barren wasteland that is the we speak english good dot com dot net my bad we speak english good dot net uh that is the website that is barely anything going on except to host the soundcloud link which you can hear it directly from the website so Anyways, let's get in with John here. Uh, it, like I said, this was recorded downtown Toledo a couple weeks ago at, at their studio, which I, I really appreciate the, uh, John's gracious nature of inviting me into his, you know, his domicile, not his domicile, but his sacred place, you know, his temple, his temple of, of sound. So <laughs> let's jump over to <laughs> John Roth's temple of sound uh, of uh, Stonehouse. John Roth of Stonehouse. Go. 
16 down in um, uh, in Cincinnati for the first time down at this place called Cincinnati Gardens. And we went down there. I was probably 16 or 17 years old. You know, got all stoned and went down there. To, <laughs> and uh, I, I, uh, yeah, that was the first time. I remember I didn't. I forgot to put my shoes on, and I walked out of the house with like my like bedroom <laughs> slippers and was downtown Cincinnati walking around. My one, my my one friend that we went with thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, oh, shit. This is, I hope I don't get tetanus. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. But I'm sure you're young at the, at that point. You're like, I'm never going to die. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. But, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was the first time I saw Steve Sweeney, and it was. And what what lineup was that? Was that the. That was, it was right after Ed um, McGee started playing with him. Okay, so it was. Er- so it was 97. Right Oh, okay. Yeah, it was '97. Um, it, it was a great show. Man. They was, weren't they weren't what they were right at that point because I know Hookah had they had that one you know the first version with Mullins mm-hmm. and um, I knew they had like a good following off of that but I feel like Ed kind of took them to that n- to the next level. I don't know. Do you get that impression or did uh, Hookah you always kind of have? I, a, I thought I always thought Hookah was kind of. Um, I'm not sure Ed took him to any level, but I mean, and musically, like <laughs> musically, he brought you know different, uh, you know different different tunes, and uh, and I think like the songs got a little bit more complex mm-hmm. with him. And that that Hookahville, and I think we went in like 2000 or 2001, maybe, yeah. and that was a huge Hookahville. Right. I think there was like 20, 25,000 people there. Right. Um, that was really cool. Hornsby played, and and. Um, can't remember who else was there, yeah, but they it pulled, was they, it was huge. For a while there, they were pulling like amazing acts and yeah. putting together amazing festivals. Right there in Buckeye Lake, there, mm-hmm. and that was the biggest one. And, th- and then they started doing it at like Frontier Ranch and yeah. and that place. Shitty, yeah, that place was kind of it was somewhat shady. Yeah. I remember one time we went up there and there was all these goats. <laughs> the, the guy had these goats um, next door, and they, these goats had these. <laughs> it was crazy. Like we were, like, was just walking around all stoned, and these goats were just up there. These huge goats, with these like, yeah, it's like it's these goats. Balls. It was just a goat farm. Yeah. And then, and then the you know the show was going on. It was it was pretty cool, but it's not as it wasn't as cool as Buckeye, Buckeye Lake. Well, it just seemed like Buckeye Lake, just the way it's laid out, where it's almost like you're kind of on a slant, but mm-hmm. like at the bottom of this huge hill is the stage. Right. And it was almost like all paths lead to the to the music. Right. 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 It, it, so it was really, but it was like you could hear it coming, and you're right. like, oh my god, I'm almost there. And then you know, and then you finally <laughs> like, boom, here we walked are. over the hill, and there it was. And Frontier kind of like I remember the terrain was kind of weird, but I remember it was way easier for me to sneak in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely probably a little bit more lax over there, but um, but yeah, Buckeye Lake Hookahvilles were one of the most fun. amazing. Mm-hmm. I remember I went to the one where Bela Fleck played, and I remember it was a rainy ass weekend. I think I was at that one. And I think I, I I'm pretty sure I was high. It was I was fucked up, but. <laughs> Well, I know I was high, <laughs> but but I could have swore that Ed was singing songs and he had a reverse delay on his vocals. I think I was just high, but I could have <laughs> swore. I still want to ask him, like, yeah, dude, like, did you ever use did like you a reverse? Spin del- everyone out one <laughs> night with reverse vocals, my man. But then again, I'm pretty sure when when you, in retrospect, it just seems like I was probably really high. And, <laughs> and at the time, I'm like, I don't think this is real. I don't think this is actually happening. But it sounds like it is, so I'm going mm-hmm. with it. 
Oh, the, the first one I went to was in Dover. Did you ever go to the ones mm-hmm. in Dover? Mm-hmm. It was the first time I took acid, and it was like Merle Saunders was playing, and I remember we went down there, and Fire on the Mountain was playing, and oh, I was like nice. 16 or 17, you know. I was just like, oh, wow. And then it started just kind of just yeah. getting lost in it. It was really cool. Um, yeah, man. It, it, it's funny because, like, I, I never really cared about jam band music until um, my friend, he – he was like, like I never really even heard the music. Like he played it a little bit for me, and I was just like, I'm just not into this, dude. Mm-hmm. It's just got. And at the time, I was a kid, and so I was like really heavy into like funk and like Herbie Hancock and Miles stuff that Dave. was really like, you, yeah, exactly, like virtuoso the, type. The, yeah, the thing I was interested in becoming is what I was listening to. Right. At that time, I thought by this time I'd be like this amazing virtuoso, mm-hmm. like multi instrumentalist. Now I'm just sort of like holding on by my fucking, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. in my fucking Whatever seat of my do. pants. Yeah. yeah. And anyways, the uh, he took me to this place called Son of a Bitch. It's down in, um, it's down in southern Ohio where the Hocking Hills. And like in Athens? Smoke, Athens. And yep. Maybe it was Smoke Rise Ranch. Maybe that was the name of it. I'm, I'm not sure. I've, I've been, only been to Athens a couple of few times. Um. But it wasn't like a hookahville or anything. It okay. was just like this fall offshoot fest that they just okay. sort of did. And they're like, hey, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I ever saw them. And I was just like, I was so fucking high on whatever. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know how this works for you, but like sometimes when you're like that fucked up and you're watching a band with these huge mo- PAs kicking mm-hmm. out this sound and they start fucking with the sound, like uh, um, audible hallucinations start kicking in big time. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I've, oh, like I've been there for it, sure. Well, it's almost like the music is all around you and like in your head and like. Well, it, it becomes like, like a physical thing. It's right. Like, whoa, like you can like feel it, you know? Right, right. And so that was the first time that had ever happened to me. So like that by itself. Me too at a hookahville. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's the that first by time itself that... was like, what the fuck is this? And then you realize that this has been going on for like since the '60s. Yeah, yeah. right. This is what it this is. This is like a, this... a tradition and a culture. That, right. That it's a way been, of life. Yeah. yeah for it's... a lot of people, and and for me, it was for a long for mm-hmm. a long time. I mean, there was just a phase. I went on tour with the dead for like the West Coast leg. And then me and my girlfriend broke up, and then <laughs> we weren't doing East Coast like yeah. it just didn't turn out that way. Uh, so, what was your attraction to jam music, and so how did you get into that? I, um, you know, what, actually, let's start a little bit first. We'll hit that again. But uh, what's your like lineage of music? What I first have- started playing guitar, and you know, I was into like Clapton and mm-hmm. Hendrix and. Uh, yeah, actually, the first reason that the reason I started playing guitar was uh, Guns N' Roses, Slash. Oh, fuck yeah, man! That was that was my first uh, love for the guitar was Slash, and then it kind of got into you know like you know my parents liked older music. Um, Did they play or were they? Uh, just... They didn't. They didn't play, but they they had good taste though. They mm-hmm. liked the Beatles and Steely Dan, and they imparted the good shit. Yeah, right, right. Which is which is really cool. I mean, it, were you only child or? No, I have a younger brother. You have a younger brother. So mm-hmm. you were so you were the guy that was looked up to to introduce music to him or uh, is that how it worked out or were uh, you guys not, just both not, sort of Not necessarily. Like he was more I, I became more musical and he kinda got got more into sports and golf oh, okay. and stuff and it was uh He went the jock route. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But uh, you know, I I you know, love 
loved blues music. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, when I was listening to, you know, I listened to Allman Brothers and, um, you know, Clapton and Hendrix. And I never really was into the dead right away. Um, but then, you know, then, then I got introduced to the blues through Clapton mm-hmm. and through through Hendrix and those guys and kind of was l- listening to their influences like Muddy Waters and, and uh, you know, the Kings and those guys. And, um, and then I got into Fish. Oh, okay. Fish came first. Fish came first. You know, my first Fish show was in 96 down in oh, um, Lexington. Um, I went to high school in Cincinnati, so we, we went down there. Oh, okay. Um, and that was my first um, huge show mm. was, was, was Fish. Yeah, so, yeah. And then after, you know, then I got into college, and then I, I, I guess I started becoming a deadhead, like, after college, really. Oh, wow. You know, so I was, you know mid-twenties until I, st- yeah. then I started being like, oh, wow, you know, Jerry's great, and, you know, the music, the songbook, you know, right, it's, it's, right. it's the songs that eventually I think I just sort of were like, you know, these songs are just sort of a cut above, you know, it's just such a great songbook, and, you know, you can't deny it, you know, right. it's just the, the music and the lyrics are just, you know, pretty amazing. So, so you got into fish kind of young, but mm-hmm. like really diving in. Did you ever do any like the touring and stuff? Uh, you know, I never Working really a lot. I, I never toured, but I, I, um, I certainly went to a lot of shows. And, and for anybody listening, who, when I say tour, I'm not saying John here was jumping on stage with Trey trading <laughs> fucking solos. Mm-hmm. We're talking about uh, there's a culture in jam music that uh, we're fans actually will follow the band around mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that was kind of started with the dead right like uh, or maybe yeah. just a 60s thing i huh? I, I, s- I suppose the dead was probably you know the that's the, uh, brought to the forefront right right shakedown uh, street <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah right right I don't, I don't you know i don't know that's an interesting question i wonder, yeah, I I wonder if anybody really about. toured with any other band i mean the allman brothers and they could right right go follow them around it seems like it seems like it was like a 60s thing because like the 60s was so built on this like freedom and like being able to just get up and go and just mm-hmm. living this life outside of, of the norm uh, the yeah. normal so it, it seems like that probably is a culture that was sort of cultivated by just mm-hmm. just that alone the 60s the vibe of the 60s and right this, like just i'm out of here i'm leaving right. texas I, I, I'm, I'm going to frisco <laughs> yeah Fuck i'm not guys. doing this uh you know nine to five thing i'm mm-hmm. gonna go and live my own life and the, you know the, and you know obviously the grateful dead created a culture that allowed people to do that right know, so that's right. really cool and it's still going on oh know, yeah so. and also fucking, i forgot ken kesey and the pranksters they were kind of just sort of touring around and doing shit mm-hmm. too they kind of yeah yeah they, they were like get on the further bus and shit they were you know older you know beatnik types and they were certainly influential for sure i mean you know did you ever read the the tom wolf book whatever the fuck that's called uh Electric i read when Kool-Aid i was acid uh you know i never i never i i watched um it's one of my favorite movies is um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. But I read, you know, I read some Kerouac books on the road. and um, <laughs> The North. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the stock. Typ- <laughs> the, the, typical, uh, <laughs> the typical ones. I was, uh, I was on to those when I was, you know, Did, did you teen. do any uh, kind of like traveling like that? Did you tour? I, I never. Oh, I yeah, I, I never. Uh, I, I never toured with the band and I never like, you know, like, hey, we're going to go camping for yeah. the summer. I've never, you know, yeah. I never, never, you know backpack through europe or you know you know down south or anything like that but maybe one of these days yeah. what did you go to school for 
I I came up to UT and I started just undecided and uh, took a lot of guitar classes. Um, and then I eventually graduated with a business degree oh, okay. in entrepreneurship. And, um, you know, but, but all my electives were music. So, I mean, I, I probably should have got a, tried to get a minor in music, but I never did. But, I mean, it, it was certainly a lot of music. Well, the thing about music is that a huge part of its business so. Yeah, you know, and you know, that, I mean, that's you know, so I have a business mind, you know, which mm -hmm. is a lot of musicians don't. I mean, they yeah. sort of well, poo-poo it, and they don't like it at all. That's but how they end up like Jocko the story. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. I mean, you know, it, especially, I mean, and you can, you know, if you have just the slightest bit of, mu of business sense, mm -hmm. you know, you can really get it pretty far, you know, yeah. because it's it's not really that hard, but right. it's, you know, it puts you on the same page with these people who are hiring you and paying you. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, okay, well, you just sort of got on the, you know, you get on the level with them and, and and you know they'll book you and you create a relationship and you know well, things like the, the business relationship yeah. thing is what's important uh when trying to get gigs well yeah it, it's it's like uh when the thing about it is it's like it's almost like this weird mystery that musicians sort of have to come to and figure out right mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that they see these people who are playing these huge stages and doing all these things and not thinking about like, well, for the last ten years they were like playing empty bars, yeah, making right. contacts with exactly asshole owners, good mm -hmm. owners of clubs, making the right connections with the people who took them to the next level of their career, and then making the, and then that opened up doors for right. this, and then so it's just this weird little maze that you kind of got to figure yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the communication and the relationships, you know, in the in the different businesses that that and then take it to the next level. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's that that part, I think, is the one part that I wish I would have paid more attention to when I was in my 20s, <laughs> not so much when I was actually now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, 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 you know, now you know. I mean, it's, Right, it's, right, and I had a lot of fun in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, you know, like, you know, you're wondering when you're, you know, when you're 21 years old or 23 or whatever, and you're like, oh, man, we should have got paid a lot more than that, you know, like, <laughs> and maybe you should have, but, you know, you or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Maybe, maybe they lost their ass and maybe, you, know, you didn't even know it. Maybe maybe kids working at McDonald's shouldn't make $20 an hour. <laughs> or maybe they should. I don't know. I don't know. And that's like, a, I'm not trying to well, steer this into it, a political it, thing. It, it and needs to be fair. That's. For I sure. agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. But I also, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Let's not get into yeah, that. Yeah, okay, cool. I mean, just personally, I don't want to get into it. I'm, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I fucking ate a shit ton of edibles yesterday so i woke up <laughs> still fucking like fried so i'm still i've I've, you know, I've been there man i i accidentally ate a you accidentally i, I recently <laughs> i uh, i ate my i was went out one night had a couple of beers and was coming home and going to bed and and uh you know my girlfriend sometimes brings home treats from like she works in a at a, at a club that has restaurant in it so sweet so she brings home these um you know she brings home treats sometimes right. so i thought it was a treat and i just ate this mm. i just just scarfed this brownie one bite you know <laughs> i didn't even think about it you know i'm sitting i'm getting ready to go to bed i'm sitting on the toilet and all of a sudden i realized i am fucking stoned <laughs> like oh my god so, so i went into her and i was like babe is there weed in those brownies and she's like you ate the brownie i was like yeah i ate the whole thing and he's like how much did you eat the whole thing she she got angry so so this, so, I, so I not concerned yeah yeah angry. so I I left 
<laughs> and I actually came over here to my studio and was just kind of just wired. Like it was, wow. it was like, and I, you know, I recently haven't been, you know, smoking a lot, so I don't have a high tolerance. And yeah, I, and, it, yeah. and it was like, you know, a dose that, um, you know, a, you know, Woody Harrelson would take. You know, yeah. so like, so it was. Yeah. I was like, whoa, you know, like so. I was, I was up over here for. A long time when I woke up stoned. Yeah. And then the next day, I think it was still like just yeah. a little bit, you know, it was like, it was, it was definitely 36 hours of like, whoa, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I feel I can, oh, for sure. I can relate. Those accidental ones are the ones that get you hard too. Cause like, I, I got a pretty decent tolerance, but I had something similar happen to me where I wasn't sure and I ate the whole thing and then, oh my God, I'm <laughs> laying in bed just like, I, I know I don't need to go to the emergency room. I know I'm not dying. It's just marijuana. I'm not going to sleep though. Marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> right. It doesn't kill. Yeah, right, right. This is not crack cocaine. Just, just, just makes your mind just constantly wander on, you know? Well, it, the it's fucked up because it just brings the light like all the things that are just sort of uh, waiting on the sidelines like like I need to get my shit together you know like it's just <laughs> yeah, mostly right. like it makes you it makes you do an inventory of like your life yeah and yeah, it like, really does. It and really then you're does. just sort of sitting there freaking out. I was like, what have I done with my fucking life? What am I doing here? I'm fucking, it's four in the morning. I'm in this fucking building by myself. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I recently read a quote from, from Marley, and it said, you know, weed introduces you to yourself. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just like, well, that's, that's, that's a perfect way to put it. That it's, is. It's sort of like. Yeah, this is you. This is you know, you got a little ache right here. Yep, there it is. It's like that's <laughs> no. not going away. And right. guess what? It's only getting worse. You're getting older. Have you really accomplished that much for your age? <laughs> like, oh fuck. Yeah, it's. You, you should have called the doctor like a month ago, bro. Yeah, right, right. But you know, I mean, it, you know, it was best. But, certainly, when you're getting paranoid, it's best to look at the positive of things. Yeah, like, well, totally. I can do this. I can do this. Let's do this. Well, and that's you the know. other side of the weed is like once you get used to it, you can start like kind of like using it to your advantage and like sort of being like, no, 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 no. Those <laughs> thoughts need to go back in the <laughs> yeah, box. Yeah, right. I know they're there. Yeah, yeah, right. You don't need to remind me, yeah, asshole. We're, we're, we're not. Uh, we're not going there right now. Mm -hmm. We're fucking. We're right yeah, here. We're having yeah. fun. We're talking to this person, and mm -hmm. you know, we're gonna concentrate real hard <laughs> and try. <laughs> To respond yeah properly <laughs> and then but really you're just looking like this just your eyes bugged out sweating and they're just like what yeah anyways yeah, edible stuff yeah. and it, edibles is just it's a totally different drug it, it, like i i just never understood people who like abused weed to that point it's like i know people who would just wake up and eat a 100 milligram brownie and go to work and it's like that's that's life that's yeah. a, this is how I don't murder people at my job. Yeah, 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 you know, whatever gets you through the day, I guess. <laughs> but I just never could get to that point where I had to, uh, like, well, I have abused it, but, like, to the point, because it's, like, so hard to abuse, like, something like edibles, you know? Like, you just eat so many, and then all of a sudden you're like, fuck, I can't do anything. Yeah, right, my right. My night is over. Yeah, you, you, you can't. It's it's not like pills where you just also you like ten of these like go have fun. <laughs> it's like you are not having fun. Maybe I don't know. Mm -hmm. Some people have fun with it, but for me personally, it's never been about. It's never been something where I could just do that and just go out to the bar. Th that, that's just the, like the, the 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 basis of everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I used to smoke a lot of weed and then I quit for a long, long time and 
I'm back to doing it now. <laughs> I, I really like it a lot. I mean, it's, it's yeah, great. you know, it's. But yeah, when you, you you can you can certainly get way too high. That's for sure. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, it, it, and it can be not fun, but <laughs> especially with today's standard of weed and 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 um, well, me coming from California, where their sole mission is to figure out how to make the strongest, <laughs> most potent, and most devastating strain <laughs> yeah, right. oil cookie there ever mm -hmm. was in mm -hmm. the entire world because what the fuck else? it's sunny out so let's go and get fucked up and yeah. hang out the beach it'd be weird uh-huh stoned on the beach <sighs> i don't think i've ever been stoned on the beach really sir you are missing out i know you, i mean even if you just go to fucking mommy bay just, which yeah. would be kind of you know just hanging out just be, hanging out by water in that state is just it's just just connection you know just feeling yeah. feeling yeah. the one you know the we are one we are of one you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. just touching that reminding yourself yeah i, I gotta do it I'm, I'm actually from hawaii really i was born and raised there lived really there until what years. age uh 12 oh, when we moved 12. 12 and we moved to cincinnati <laughs> and then i came up to how was that move for you uh it was weird you know i mean it was it was weird um I don't know, it was just kind of shocking, I guess. Oh, sure. Like, oh, God, here we are, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was no, totally different. It, it's, it's, a, it's a totally different world. Like, I, I just had, I was lucky enough, my band got flown out to Hawaii in April. Already. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we just, we just did, like, a, a quick show with this band called Natural Vibrations. Who is okay. Like, they, yeah, they uh, have more of a name in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, um, Jawaiian. That's, I like, I like the Jawaiian scene, man. It's a lot of good music. Oh, man. I I'm with you like the Islander reggae and shit. Mm -hmm, There's this, yeah. uh, this band called The Green and um, come on man. There's so like what I love about Island reggae is that they are not afraid to get sexy. They will <laughs> yeah, break oh yeah, it yeah. Fucking down. yeah. It's it's, it's straight it's up like, R and B. Right. It's oh my god. And I'm a huge fan of like neo soul and like well soul music in general. You know, mm -hmm. but like like R and B. You know, and just. I love vocal harmonies for R and B and shit. Oh, like yeah. it's just, and when they do that, it's okay. I get it. I, I mm -hmm. like that. Some of the some of this white boy reggae out in fucking Cali can get a little, eh. yeah. But, but like, man, that Jawaian Jawaian music is great. Man. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, man. it's, it's I really it's really like enjoy the it. Chillest shit you could listen to. It's like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they just know how to chill there. Oh yeah. yeah. What what island? Uh, uh, Oahu. Oahu. So, uh, yeah. I was born in Honolulu. And, Sweet. You know, my dad had a place or had a uh, shop in Waikiki. And you know, what we, kind of shop? He sold sunglasses oh. for a long, long time. That makes sense um, for Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. He, he used to work for uh, Hawaiian Tropic. Okay. And then he, you know, became uh, self-employed and, and you know did his own thing. So then, what brought you guys to the mainland? Uh, we moved to Cincinnati because my mom worked for Delta Airlines, and Delta Airlines had a hub gotcha. in Cincinnati. Well, at least it was Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati. Yeah, was I mean, city. You know, it was it was it was cool. I, mean, I, you know, I was, like Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati now. I, I never really. I'm not that acquainted with it, but mm -hmm. I don't know how was it when you were coming. I up? you know I I honestly I mean. I really don't know much about Cincinnati, un oh. unfortunately, just because I, you know, was there when the, you know I lived in the suburbs, and uh. then when I graduated high school, I came up here. Yeah, and oh, went to college. And you were just and, like I'm. You know, I pretty much never, never moved. I never was an adult, I guess, <laughs> living in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it was just I, I lived there when I went to high school. Right. And, and it was just. Uh, but yeah, Cincinnati's great. 
well, I enjoy going back down there. You know, it's, do you, is your family all still down there? Yeah, my folks still live there. Sweet. My brother lives there. Um, it's it's great. So, what did you do after college with your business degree? I started. Oh, well, I, I mean, I played music. I mean, I was. Stonehouse has been around since uh, 04. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. you were around when like Boogie Matrix was doing their thing yep, too. Yeah, we played. We were on the same scene for sure. Um, we started in 04 and I was in insurance oh, for, okay. um, well, I just got out of insurance about a year and a half ago. So I was in insurance for 12 years. What What made you get out? Uh, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the first job I had in insurance was, you know, it was just a, just a job and I was mm. just found another one um down the street here actually at a place called brooks insurance and then they get sold and i got laid off and it's just like you know what you know this working for other people thing is just it gets, I, I, it's a daunting I, I need to do my own thing you know and what'd you decide on and you know i've been doing doing music so you you're know? just straight music right yeah now? i mean i i do um i do solo duo got the you know i got the reggae band yeah, yeah. my own band yeah um with Stonehouse and I, you know, recently started a, a dead tribute band actually. Oh, sweet! What's the name? Uh, the band's called Being Grateful. Oh, okay. And uh, we got our second gig coming up here on the 29th of September. Getting ready to announce that, but sweet. Um, what? Where's that at? That's going to be at Paula Brown Shop. Oh yeah. You know where that is? I do. Out on the patio there. Okay, sweet. Um, but yeah, we're just. I mean, like as you can see, the gear here. I mean, I you know I got I got the uh, wall of sound type gear. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the, the whole idea is just, you know, to cover it and make it sound like it. Yeah. You know, we got the equipment and yeah. it's, uh, it's the first, the first gig was great, man. It was, you know, a lot oh, yeah. of people came out and hopefully it keeps, keeps growing. So, so when you, so, so you got a college around 2004 and then you started the band? Uh, I got a college in, uh, yeah, around, uh, end of 03. And, and then and I started the band in the beginning of '04. Oh, okay, so it was pretty quick, and yeah, and then you mm-hmm. guys sort of did. So what what's your train with the guitar then? Like, wh- how far have you taken it, or how far are you still taking it? You said training. Training, or yeah, I mean, and that could be like I'm self-taught as well, or it, it's just yeah, I'm just I mean, curious. I, I I haven't taken any lessons in since since um. Uh, since college, mm. I took uh, jazz guitar lessons. Oh, sweet. In uh, at UT with a guy named Ed Levy, and very uh, familiar name. Yeah, he's he's taught a lot of people around town. Um, but you know, I learned like the modes mm. and and um, you know just just learned about music. Got more educated with it. Right, right. Um, excuse me. Do you still I, use that stuff, or is a oh, lot? Oh, that? for sure. I mean, especially with the dead. I mean, the dead is real modal music. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I mean, before. Before that, I was just, you know, I just played blues. I mean, yeah. just, you know, you, you're a guitar player, so, you yeah. know, the pentatonic blues box. And you right. know, I, I played that. And, and then when I learned the modes, then I was able to sort of oh, connect that to that. Again, you know, yeah. Just learn more patterns and patterns and how to, like, switch between them. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and lately I've been more into, the, you know, just the song, you know, mm-hmm. just playing the song and the melody and, and you know learning harmonies and did you always write have you always been a writer I, or? I, I started writing you know right around the time I started that band the, mm. the, you know Stonehouse um, and uh, you know wrote, wrote I mean we, we put out six records but now like now that I've become a full-time musician for the past year and a half I mean I've been learning other people's music mm-hmm. and I've been sort of focusing on that and 
and that's sort of taken me to another oh, okay. level of well that's inter- that's an interesting idea where like you because you had your day job and you sort of just a lot did, did my own thing right with, and, with and, and you sort of like allotted you had a lot amount of time to dedicate to like uh you know to your band mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but now that you're taking music as your main gig mm-hmm. it's like you're sort of now getting into like learning other music right Right. I, I guess I'm just saying that's interesting because a lot of people take the opposite route. You know right, what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm certainly not that it's a wrong route. Exactly. I'm not trying exactly. to shit talk or anything. No, not at all, man. I mean, that, I, that's, I I totally see that. You know, like you know, you see guys now that are who've been playing in the scene for a long, long time. We're now starting to put out records and stuff, and it's really cool. Mm. But I was, you know, I started putting out records when I was. You know, I started writing music when I was younger. Right. And now I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm backwards, thing. really. Well, but that's the thing, too, it, that it probably gives you a, um, you probably approach the writing is probably a little bit different. Yeah. Because you didn't sort of take from this, you know, because a lot of people will learn other people's music, other people's right. riffs, take, other take people's from licks. The, from the school. And that influences the shit out of your writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're not really focusing on that and you're just sort of focusing on your route you just sort of left to wander and you mm-hmm. sort of left to just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks mm-hmm. which can be some of the most amazing things for sure that for come sure. out of that i think a good example of that is probably I, and i don't even know what dave matthews's fucking background is if he was like a cover musician first or not but like that's an interesting question yeah. he's his approach to writing is just so different that it stuck out and he's lucky enough to have a, a awesome band yeah, to sort right. of like cultivate that uh-huh, and, and uh-huh. sort of like it allowed that rhythm to pulse right. you know like because it's all like weird off rhythms and just the way he makes oh, yeah, chords, the way, the way, chords yeah, the way are weird and so much complexity switching shit up I'm <laughs> not learning your stupid song yeah, yeah I, that's I, I, I assume he was yeah, yeah. doing the cover thing yeah. but you know who knows yeah yeah you know? Well, I, I I guess that's not a great example because I, I don't have any of his background information lodged in my stupid brain. <laughs> but <laughs> but like when I hear someone who writes like that, I I, I tend to think like I mean it's th- they that that they didn't have anything to base it off. Right, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, yeah, I mean he's totally unique. Because I was know? the same exact way. Uh, uh, I I didn't really learn how to play other people's music. I did a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and like especially in my twenties, I didn't really do a lot of working band stuff. I did mostly original stuff. So I was always like just either writing or or adding to or you know or just learning other people's stuff in an originals band yeah. sense. Not really learning songs like especially popular songs like p- songs that were gold hits, you mm-hmm. know, because there's something to it right like why yeah. is why did that go to the top and not that is mm-hmm, it because mm-hmm. they went to the d instead of the e is it, <laughs> or is it because they just carried this weird vibe or what it, whatever it is i didn't really learn other people's music like that until until i mean like probably the last five or six years yeah yeah so we're so kind of in the I same have, boat really. yeah i have like i have a weird way to approach writing too mm-hmm. it's not really conventional but i i anyways yeah, I mean, I always had respect for other people's music, but I just well, wanted to do my own thing. You know? well, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, yo, like fuck let's, them. Let's, only let's, what I'm yeah, doing let's, is let's, the let's shit. Let's do this. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I want to do this, and and um, so y- so you started. So Stonehouse was something that you you started, mm-hmm. and then you sort of went out and found the players you wanted to play with. And it's like, yeah, I, you know, I, um, Roman Meyer has been a part of the band since the beginning. He's an old friend of mine. Um, 
and he's the other guitar player. So it started okay. it started as a twin guitar. It was kind of you know we kind of you know did we did some All My Brothers covers, mm-hmm. you know we did uh, uh, Blue Sky and mm-hmm. Liz Reed and you know we used to play like Lay Bray and A Minor and you know we 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 it was definitely sort of based on that, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like a funky. But there was some you know some funky aspects to it. The drummer was an older guy named Alan Smith, more more experienced, and um, and he brought a lot of you know just you know knowledge to the to the table as far as rhythms and mm-hmm. you know he'd play funk and then he'd play latin and then he'd play a pop one and then he you know you know so we the music um was definitely jam band and it definitely took took a lot of turns rhythmically mm-hmm. um and it was cool to write music with people like that you know because alan being the drummer was very interested in in these tunes and was like okay well let's do this you know yeah you know, a lot, lot of, you know, jam bands will just kind of play the same rhythm over and over again, and, they, you know, then there'd be a chorus and a bridge and a, and a, and a whatever, but yeah. the rhythm wouldn't change much. With Alan, it was, we're going to do this on this section, this <laughs> on this, you know, and, and it kind of, you know, took things to different different places. It was really cool. Did that kind of forge the way you thought about writing in, in the yeah, sense for sure. around? Because you it almost sounds like you're writing around a drummer. Uh, I I know I wouldn't say I was writing around the drums, right, not exclusively, but, but right. But I I was definitely writing around a a, a section to jam on. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You know, I had a melody. You know, I I a lot of times when I write songs, I just you know just kind of wake up in the middle of the night with something in my head, mm-hmm. recorded on something, and I would start with just a melody, and then maybe have, um, you know, maybe get some words together or something. And then take it to the band, and then and then, you know, I'd have the tune, and then and then we'd arrange it rhythmically, I guess. Got um, you. And and he would he was really influential with that, you know, yeah. somewhat of a mentor. How did how long was he with that? Uh, st- Alan was in the band for five or six years. Oh wow, so um, he had good foundation. With yeah, yeah, we did three records. Um, and actually, just recently talked to him. We're, we're going to try to do a little reunion and uh, go down. He lives in Asheville now. Oh, okay. We'll go down there and play a few Hell shows. Yeah. We'll try to. Hell yeah. Um, try to book some stuff in the next you know, six months or so. So that'll be a lot of fun. But he was in the band for three records. And then the band. Um, and then, so the band was always four people, two guitars, a bass, and drums. And so it was kind of, you know, it was real tight. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It was, it was um it was funky and it was so you guys didn't like you guys didn't like to leave loose ends kind of like you had your improv moment the spots mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like otherwise it was very tight very oh, yeah. very scripted yeah it was somewhat it was, it was somewhat too scripted mm-hmm. you know i mean it, it it kind of got maybe somewhat um predictable at, at times but i mean the, the tightness was was cool now the band's much more loose i mean it's, yeah. i mean it's we show up but but we know these fucking songs. yeah we, we we're gonna play these tunes and it's but it's nice getting together and, and rehearsing and we've been rehearsing yeah. with this with the dead band recently because you need to really rehearse to get those mm-hmm. tunes down because they're very you know who's who's in that complex band? uh the, the dead band is basically stonehouse oh. it's it's uh, roman's playing uh lead guitar uh, i'm playing rhythm guitar i'm playing you know he's jerry i'm playing bob okay and then uh brian quigley is who plays with Stonehouse on keyboards. Oh, okay. And um, uh, Brian Sigrist is the bass player. 
Okay. Uh, he plays with Indigrass. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, decent yeah. folk. Does he play upright? Yeah, he plays upright. I, mm-hmm. In Indigrass, right? Uh, yeah. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He played an upright bass on our last record too, on oh, the last sweet. Stonehouse record. And then Mark Senel is the drummer. All right. Senel's a uh, great drummer. Really, been around town a while. Oh okay. A uh, lot of experience, great feel, likes the dead. Yeah, you know that's the thing you need, like yeah. with with a dead yeah, cover band or a tribute band, really. Is you have to pe- be a fan. Pe- you have to people people out to like it. You know, it's, it can't be just you know some. Yeah, man, I'll do, I'll do the gig. You yeah, know, whatever. Like, well, How you, much you pay? You, yeah, right. <laughs> you, you can't get those people because they just you know it just wouldn't work out. But mm-hmm. but he's he's like a drummer that's into the dead, which is you don't run into very many drummers. Yeah. At least I haven't. That yeah. Are like, that are head over heels over the dead. <laughs> you know, they... Well, and then also, you're also competing with two drummers mm-hmm. with the dead. So, like, that's another whole thing that you're adding to the fun. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, with, with Mark, he's he's really into the song and just sort of mm-hmm. lending to the song. And, you know, I think the dead drummers are like that, too. They let the, the music and the harmony and the, and the, and the, and the, the melody and the harmony sort of lead. Mm-hmm instead of the rhythm leading it right yeah because they're not just back there just yeah they're not back there just you know hey one two three four one you know they're 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 just following it's almost like um it's almost like they're doing like their own little private drum circle to the music Mm -hmm. sort of thing they're just sort of just like jamming off each other off the music it's very organic it's not it's not typical right they're not just you know keep keep time drummers right yeah not right. eight notes on the on the hi hat, fucking yeah. two and the four on the fucking snare, and, you know, and, and they're, they're certainly very capable, but they 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 definitely don't. It's it's. I think the Dead's music isn't, um, you know, with 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 a lot of drummers. Drummers like to be sort of like, hey, you know, here it is. Here's the beat. Here's the groove. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, I think they're more reactive to what's mm. being played by right. the, uh, the melodic and harmonic instruments. Yeah, and which is the nature of the band is just mm-hmm. almost like reaction. Right. It's like, where right. are we taking this? Right, yeah, they're album. really listening to what's right. going on and changing, you know, the rhythm of things. You know, and, and I think that might be, that's what certainly turns me on mm-hmm. about the whole band, but I think that might be maybe what drummers don't what like about it. You know, I, maybe that's it. I don't know. Turns people and drummers off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. What are they even doing? Right. Well, I've been to like a Dark Star show where they come to the, um, what do they call the just drums part? Where did you have the drums in the drum space? Drum space. Mm-hmm. They did drum space and um, there's this guy with a beard in his hand and he's like, when are they gonna start playing music? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you right, just hear right. him talking at the side, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's probably just there with some girl he's trying to bang. Yeah, and yeah. Just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> this oh, is, man, you need a break, buddy. But <laughs> you know what's uh, Yeah, step outside, get some fresh air. <laughs> come back in in about forty-five minutes. They should yeah, be, right. you know, rounding up there. Um, the so in in the first stages of Stonehouse, uh, when you guys first started in the first five years or whatever mm-hmm. um what was like the jam scene here because this is where i'm interested because okay yeah before i go into this i, I i've been talking to a lot of jam bands because mm-hmm. i'm interested in the f- not figuring out and i know there's no definitive answer for this but like it, it seems like there's a lot of jam bands now in this city particularly that yeah I certainly ever, more than than back ever then. remember in the, yeah and i left in 2006 so like Okay. I would have been here when you guys were just starting, yeah, but right. I wasn't there. I was whatever I was doing. I was doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
but um, for me, it was just like hookah held court, at least regionally. And then, yep. so, so um, that's what all I have. And then, so what I was, what I've been trying to just sort of, I've been asking different bands and it was just like, why are we here now with all this? And so I've been just sort of kind of going back and, and then actually when you guys said yes, I was excited because like you guys were sort of there for like those two, the 2000s and yeah. leading up to now. So like, mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. I was at. So at that time when you guys were starting out, where was the jam scene? I mean, at least locally. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much us. Boogie Matrix was, you know, they were, they've been a staple. Um, they were successful. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not laughing. At you. you just sort of said it you know, kind of like a little way. I'm not. They, they were more successful than us, that's for sure. What, what but you, they, in the way that they, you know, they played regionally and they, you know. They, right, uh, right. They, you know, why they, do you they think that, why do you think that that was the case? Why? Uh, you know, I mean, for for Stonehouse, we were looking to gig. You know, uh-huh. we were looking to. So you're you know, kind of trying to be a working band, throwing yeah. in originals. Right. Yeah, and we were an original band that really worked. I mean, mm-hmm. we we played, you know, probably seven, eight gigs a month for mm-hmm. five years on original music. Oh wow. You know, in in like bars. You mm-hmm. know, we we played at the Bronze Boar, we played at the Village Idiot, we played at Doc Watson's. You know, and and luckily, you know, they keep having us. You know, <laughs> and, and we just go in there and we'd play like our own music you know wow. and we jam that's, that's really cool and you know i mean it, and it was you know that, that's what we were interested in doing yeah you were um, so were you I, guys not really looking at because it seems like when you're when you're starting to see success regionally there's how we started there's business involved mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. do you think that maybe that was part of it or like, uh, i'm just curious yeah probably i mean we we you know it, we never really wanted to travel around mm-hmm. and not, you know, like, well, you're just going to have to go down there and just for the weekend and just come back with nothing. Right. And that that certainly didn't interest. I mean, it interests me in the slightest. It certainly didn't interest uh, Alan, who was older, more experienced. Right. He was yeah, like, I'm he, not. He was what? like, yeah, let's, let's no. gig around here. We're going to. Where's that money? I know it's around here. Let's get some work. You know, <laughs> you know, this is, you know we're, we're in. You know, I think uh, Boogie Matrix. You know, they traveled around. Right. Yeah, they got their name. Not up. knowing if I don't know if they made any money. But, yeah. Well, I'm. But I mean, they they. Them. I don't think they probably cared. They just <laughs> they went for the the good time and they and right. they uh, you know, they spread the spread the music around. So. So then, where were you guys then? Where did you see like a following developing here when you guys were playing? Uh, we, we had a little bit of a following, yeah. Mm. I mean, we, we we do have a little bit of a following. You well, know, I mean, you guys are a staple here. I mean, like when when I talk to other bands that talk about like you know, I'm not uh, who they respect as a band who's been around. It's always mm. Stonehouse and Electric. Uh, boogie matrix i just mm-hmm. fucked their name up <laughs> uh, so like your guys name comes up a lot as as a band that's been respected and throughout oh, the years that's, here that's in Toledo. nice to know yeah um it, well because i've been talking to these more recent bands because mm-hmm. these bands that have been around that are around now have only been around for like a year yeah two yeah, years. yeah right right a so lot of them like are something younger. that's happened in the last couple of years where everybody's like i'm fucking doing this now you know so mm-hmm. that is always interesting to me you know um down in san diego there's this huge 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 reggae scene yeah and it's like a lot you know slightly stupid i don't know if you're familiar with yeah yeah i like them they're they're san diego natives so like they kind of hold court in san diego but there's other bands like tribal seeds and uh yeah is another band kind of gaining steam from san diego there's a lot there's a lot of bands out there that are 
doing well in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that I was like, well, how the fuck did reggae end up here? But then you start going back, and there is a culture in San Diego, especially where there is like uh, a lot of reggae going on. And I guess yeah. there was like some reggae legends who like to live there, so they kind of carried okay. the torch there. Well, I mean, it's sort of planted somewhat tropical. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and it's like islanders tend to drift there, like yeah. Hawaii uh, people from Hawaii. Yeah, and right, San right. Diego yeah, in the mainland. It's, it's the closest. It's, it's, <laughs> we're just gonna go it's, there. It's sunshine music, you know. Right. It's, it's so not. so that to that sort of. I, I was kind of digging around there when I was in San Diego, but so like, so like coming here and trying to figure out where this all kind of stems from, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess hookah yeah, I would mean, be a, a probably hookah a good would start be a, for sure. I mean, hookah's hookah is is Ohio's you know coolest band. You know, <laughs> you know as, far as, as far as I'm concerned, and, 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 yeah, you know, even now, you know, even after, you know, you know, they're they're still. Uh, you know, you know, hold, holding court. Doing say, it. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're, they're doing great, it. Um, maybe uh, it seems like a lot less than what it was. Uh, yeah. And I'm not trying to shit on hookah because I love that band. Uh, but like the band, the Works, who you know, yeah, the Works seems like they're mm-hmm. sort of doing. Yeah, they're they're, they're taking. I, I think they're in Ohio, right? They're yeah, still they're, uh, in Ohio. Uh, Dayton, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they're Dayton. But yeah, well. And then that band Papadocio. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. were from Athens. Okay. And, um, and they've been around for a while, right? Oh yeah. And then they moved to Asheville, and they're national now. I mean, so they were from Ohio. Um, but yeah, you know, that's I, I think it all stemmed from hookah, really. Yeah. I mean, just as sort of far bringing as, that vibe here. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I was certainly influenced by Steve Sweeney, mm-hmm. and yeah, I know totally. a lot of guitar players around town. Um, certainly. Yeah. Uh, certainly. Johnny K from Boogie Matrix. Yeah, totally. Um, and you know, probably all the guys that are you know <laughs> doing young, it now, younger yeah. than us. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know, we we really were. It was us and Boogie for uh, for a long time, and now now there's we're, we're playing at this festival. Uh, have you heard of it, the Harvest? Yeah, I'm playing uh, it. Okay, I'm you're playing, playing with uh, Green, Green Acre. Green Acre Sessions. Green Acre Sessions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I'm gonna. Sit in with Waxtastic, I think, for something. It's the 24th. There's like a pre-party or something. At the oh, at the board? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's so that's our place, man. I'll, I'll 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 pop in for well, sure. But, but that's the that's the that's the other thing is. I mean, what were the venues? Well, you said Doc Watson and stuff, mm-hmm. but what were the venues sort of like? Um, you know. Of holding, I know Village Idiots. I'm sure. Yeah, the Village Idiot was was definitely number one. Um, they were they definitely dug jam bands, mm. um, and they still do somewhat. Yeah. But um, but yeah, we played in there twice a month for mm. for uh, five years. We played at Docks twice a month for five years. They had us in there, um, and Bronze Boar. I mean, th- those were those were the spots that that said, hey, yeah, come on in, you know. So when Stonehouse goes and like you guys are like, you know what, let's 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 make an album. Like where where does it start? Where do you guys start with that? Uh well it, it pretty much I mean I I just you know, we just need to have music. You know, we we've never really written a, a an album collaboratively. Maybe that's something we should do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's that might be the secret. That's it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so we need to quit playing this guy's song. <laughs> start playing everybody's song. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But you know, I mean, I I write a lot of the music, so mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when I when I got a pile of shit that uh, you know yeah. I think is ready to uh, to uh, you know 
waft on out. I just, <laughs> you know, we, we get together and we rehearse and, and, uh, learn the music and record it. That, that's actually been the last three. The you last know, three has just yeah, been for, like, I have, I have this, these songs, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like in the beginning, what, how were you guys recording? Uh, the first record was up at uh, Big Sky in Ann Arbor. Mm. Have you heard of that studio? Mm-hmm. No. Great studio. Greg Leonard was the uh, was the engineer and the producer. He now lives in, out in L.A. and he's you know doing great things out there. But he recorded and uh, and produced it. Really, he was he was like a real good guitar player mm. and had an ear for you know guitar music and producing it. And, and we did the first one there. This is a small little EP, six or short little EP rather. Um, I think there were six tunes on that. And then we did an instrumental record. Oh, cool. Um, at um, Alan's wife's uh, schoolroom. She was a, a music teacher, and she had this room up in, I think it was in, uh, you know, just over the line in Michigan. And it was like, you know, they had like acoustic tilings. Oh. And it was, it was just like, it was like a 12-year-old band room. Right, right. But it was like, Sounded great. Sounded great, right? Yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah, they put some money in here. Right, right. So we, we did that with actually the guy who I share the studio with, Rick Caswell. Oh. He recorded it on something like this, smaller than this. Oh, okay. And then I went and mixed that with him in his in his garage. Oh, okay. So it was very DIY, that yeah, second album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, that was 08, I think. Yeah, the first one was 07, then this one was 08. And then, we, and then we actually worked with a record company on the third album. Oh, sweet. They were called Rock Shot Records. Just a small little label out in uh, Napoleon. And we actually went out to his studio and recorded out there. It was in his house. So and that was a long process. We actually tracked that one. Oh, okay. That so was, you were doing live only... tracking? And then... uh, yeah, the, the first record was, was, you know, we live tracked the, uh, the bass and drums in a couple of days. And then we just went in there for way too long and did guitars, <laughs> you know. Um, were were you uh since that first album was at like a real studio mm-hmm. were you guys um did you guys have your shit together tight before you went in or did you find yourself sort of writing in studio and uh no we yeah we we've never never written in studio i think i think that's that's the, the you know luckily the business sense in me <laughs> did not well no like, yeah, because that's a lot studio of for 50 an hour and right. write a song like no. well i mean well here was something this is how i learned about it no one i've ever never really talked to anybody about it before that but we went in and we had songs written mm-hmm. and we had them together but then once you went in and started like really breaking it down Listening we found out yeah, we found out. I was like, "Well, you're not playing the same chords he's playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm right. not doing that. We do this big run, and we're not even we're close not even to playing close. the same <laughs> shit." Yeah, yeah right, then, right. And then there's like a problem with this part. It's not really working on. Mm-hmm. You know, it works live, but it doesn't work in here. So we ended up accumulating this horrible debt. Yeah, we were trying to arrange and figure shit right, out in right. the studio. And so that's always been like my hugest piece of advice to people who like talking about recording issues is like make sure you have yeah, your shit get together. It, get it together. Which, right. which you would think is like yeah, yeah, you you should have your shit together before you go to the studio, but not everyone thinks about that. Well, you think you got more together than you really do when you hear yeah. it. You know, like yeah. well, I thought we were pretty good. Now listening back to this, it's like, well man, we need to you know <laughs> our garbage. We need to tinker this a little bit more here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean I'd certainly like recording your um 
you know, recording your uh, rehearsal sessions. Yeah. And, you know, like, hey, this is what this tune sounds like right now. This is what this tune sounds like mm. the day before we go in. Yeah. You know, that way you know what to expect. Right, you know? right. Especially if Almost you're Almost demoing out right. your own version. Right, right. Especially if you're going to do it in, in a live setting, you know. Yeah. And, you, you know, which is what I certainly recommend if you want to save money. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I could, I could see where – you know if you're not if you're not really paying attention and then you listen back to it it's mm. like oh wait yeah, <laughs> that's know? not working yeah li li listening to yourself is 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 eye-opening you know i mean it's <laughs> and it's 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 a it's a way to really get better too because yeah you, it is because you, you listen to yourself and, the, and then you can you know compare yourself uh, i guess for lack of a better word to other players and the other music that you like and or even to what you think you are like uh -huh. it's like i want to sound like this but that doesn't right sound but like that yeah exactly I right i thought i thought i sounded like this and listening back on you know <laughs> no that's that's not what i sound like right it sounds you know? like an asshole <laughs> shitting into a fucking garbage can awesome yeah, yeah, it, just, right. it just sounds like something that you know I, I i didn't think it was right because when you actually you know, when you're playing music, it's one thing, and then listening back to it is it's it's like it's a totally different mm -hmm. experience, really. Totally, it's because like the energy might be there, even though, even if you're not playing your best, like the energy might be like there, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and in the room, like the crowds into it, and yep. like they're forgiving because they're just into this whatever is happening right, right, right. now. Right, mm right. -hmm. And then you listen to the recordings, like holy shit, I'm like playing in the wrong key for half that fucking solo. <laughs> like what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> And which you know you have those moments where you're just like yeah I was fucking ripping it bro yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you go back and you're like what in the fuck is that <laughs> right right so. and then and then when you when you when you now have heard yourself then you then then it helps edit your playing mm -hmm. while you're doing it live yeah exactly. you know so you then can then get in a space where you're almost doing both at the same time mm hmm which which is that's where that's where the that's where the gold is right, right. That's, that, where that's the money is. i think that's certainly where the best the best players know exactly what they sound like right and and they um they've done so much they're so comfortable with themselves on mm -hmm. stage so mm -hmm. comfortable with their own playing yeah. that they can really let go and like really live in a moment which music is all about is like right, living in right. these small moments and and it's and it's going to sound good right and it's going <laughs> right. to sound amazing it's not just going to be energy you know right yeah yeah full. it's going to be like wow everything together mm, it, it, that's you know that's that's I guess that's what we're all striving for, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, for, no, for sure, man. For to, sure. It's like I got the comfort level, but still, I still get like a little weird sometimes. Like once in a while, I'll get like on the way to a gig, I'll still get like that butterfly shit, and I'll that's do, good. I'll do some breathing exercise, and that shit just goes out the window. But fuck okay, it. I mean, do you still get that, or are you pretty comfortable? Uh, I, I, with I, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, certainly before like you know gigs that I know you know people are going to be there it's like yeah. oh god yeah be ready for this one well my wife recently started um acting and she got this role up in uh, well she's an understudy at this theater up in chelsea michigan called the purple rose oh cool yeah it, it's a legit theater um uh do you know jeff daniels is He's not, oh yeah, he's, yeah. He's yeah. not Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. He's the other guy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, he's a he's like a folk musician, and yeah, he's he's cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he wrote him and his brother wrote both all the music for this play. He actually oh uh, wow owns this theater up there because he's from Chelsea. Okay, his family's from there and shit. Um, and 
so it's an equity theater, which is just means union, and it's she's getting a paycheck every week, and she just started last year. So nice. it's amazing to me to see this. Wow. How far away is that? It's like an hour and 20. It's about 20 minutes outside of northwest of um, Ann Arbor. Okay. So it's the commute sucks, but it but she gets to work with this Im- immense talent. And I forgot where I was going with this because it had something to do with what we were just talking about. And now it just sounds like I'm bragging about my wife's success <laughs> that's in fine, acting. That's fine, yeah. That's, that's great, man. No, what, what were we just talking about before I started? We were talking about um, being comfortable on stage. Mm-hmm. And where did fuck out? Oh, well, my wife, who is a singer, mm-hmm. she's um, – She's very comfortable on stage. She's very comfortable, confident uh, performer mm-hmm. singing. And it was just so, like, it was crazy to see her so far out of her element. Even though this was a musical and she sings, mm-hmm. she, uh, the director m- is making it a mandatory. Th- well, not I mean, it's not mandatory, but people want to do it anyways. But they're making the understudies go up and do the show if they're ready. And they're like, oh, she's ready. So she put her up. They put her up last week. And to see her from like performing on like just me and her or with a band and then see her on stage like you could just see a huge difference and it's just because she's not used to that environment Mm -hmm. she's Mm -hmm. not used to being on stage like that right (laughs) and so that kind of that kind of shine through for me only because i work with her so intimately and stuff Mm -hmm. but But if you're not used to something like that, it's like there like other factors are involved. Like all of a sudden, adrenaline starts fucking dictating your fingers, or, or like mm-hmm. let, like they freeze up. You know, <laughs> yeah. you had that where you're just yeah, like yeah, you're nervous. I, and I, I, you're uh, like, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's like your fluidity is gone. It's just these like jagged haphazard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had that happen in a long, 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 long time. But I I I think. You know, I, I, it's just, you know, the more you just get used to that yeah, it's feeling. experience. Of, you right, just, you right. have to get up and play in front of people if mm-hmm. you want to get past that. There's exactly. No way to do yeah, it. Yeah, and luckily, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had real any real stage fright. I mean, I suppose everything, everybody has a little bit of stage fright, but I've never been like, you know. Yeah. Fuck, I'm that's, not going out yeah, there. Yeah, that's you know, terrifying. I've, I've never, I've never I could never like make that. a speech anywhere, ever. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that was never my thing either. I was never afraid of that. But it, being comfortable is a totally different thing than being afraid oh, yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. It's just like being comfortable enough to be uh, to to let go, to express yourself, to express yourself, and to mm-hmm. let things happen that might you might not have rehearsed. You yeah. know, right? But to let that shit happen because there's so many factors involved yeah i mean yeah i mean that's that's really is something that you know i've never really thought about that i guess i you know i want to say it's innate but i mean it's luckily yeah i've I've never had a hang-ups with yeah you know with oh i can't i can't get the get the yeah know, get the vibe for the you know to, to get out there you know yeah yeah um it's some people are just they're just frozen with that right shit. right just i don't know I'm yeah not doing that uh-huh <laughs> uh-huh for sure i mean uh, yeah i mean it's and you know and it's just experience i think especially yeah, if totally. especially if you're not if you don't really have stage fright really bad mm-hmm. you know it's just you know getting used to it Getting used to being in front of people, mm-hmm. doing well, doing bad, doing well, doing bad, doing right, bad, right, like screwing, plain, screwing something up with your band, and then <laughs> in front of a bunch of people, and you know, playing it cool. Yeah, you know. Yeah, was was that ever a thing for you? Where um, 
I was really young when someone told me like a really professional person who was actually younger than me, but who was like pro in my eyes, like mm-hmm. compared to where I was at that point in my life. He's like, dude, what? Why are you making faces when you fuck up? Like, <laughs> don't make just, faces. Just, just don't chill, make faces. Right. Was, was that something that you had to deal with, or did you catch on to that pretty quickly? Because I uh, still do that. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, it was when you when Sometimes. you see, you know, I I used to get you know. And probably still do like upset on stage, maybe visibly like like what the hell was that? What are you doing over yeah, there? Yeah, you know, yeah. like you know, it's just just because I'm so like into what's going on with the music, and then you know something doesn't go the way, you know, I thought it was gonna go. I, I sometimes I like, you know, but I mean it's really unprofessional. You know, it's it's really especially yeah. if you like you know, you know, give giving people dirty looks or talking to people in between songs. I mean it's just not you know it's not the time or the place. You know it's just I agree. It's it's like hey we're gonna go out there and do this and then you know things don't go well, hopefully they will next time. Yeah, you know, like like you know yeah, just playing yeah. playing it like. I, I feel like that's something that was more of an issue in my younger days. Yeah, where like you want to control every situation. Right, and and, and yeah, and you, and you realize you can't. Right, right. You know, it's I mean, like it's, we fundamentally as a human race cannot control anything. Anything outside I, your own. Yeah, I mean, maybe we can control Spectrum. what goes in our mouth and shit. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> you, know, you can kind of have a little bit of control, but really, I mean, we're just on this fucking floating rock in outer space, floating to infinity. Like, yeah, and really, we have no control over anything. M- music really sort of opens you up to that idea, really. You know, especially when you're playing with other people. Like, you really don't have any control over this. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you have th- this is you know we're all looking at this light, you know, at the end of the tunnel, say, but. We don't know how we're going to get there. We don't know if we're even going in that direction. You know, I mean, it's, it's, but, and, and it really sort of, you know, playing improv music and playing, you know, just any sort of music in general where you're, you're all sort of trying to sound good and, and go towards a certain thing. It's never, it's never the same experience for anyone, really. Yeah. I mean, you, you, nobody can, is ever going to have the same experience that way, you know, in, in that sense, nobody's ever going to, you know, you're never gonna get what you expect. You're never gonna right, right. Just you know, it's never gonna be what you want it. To, you know, exactly to be, or or maybe it is. Yeah, I've come to the point where I just want it to be. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, it's I just, just like want hey, it I, I, I want it. I want it. I want the music to be out there, regardless of how it how it happens. And, yeah, and uh, that's that's what keeps me going. You know, so um, since that first album have you guys kind of done the diy thing ever since uh not well we we did we did with the record company oh yeah the yeah, third one right. that, that yeah. was that was the last one we did are they still around by the way uh i don't think so there was it was just sort of a local thing i think that they, they did several records it was just like a fan of music guy yeah it was a fan of up. music and you know it was it was like a you know i think the, one of the guys was a lawyer and the other guy had money and and uh, they, they just wanted to do it. They had a you know, passion for local music, and you know, it was. I don't think it was anything that um, then started generating you know income yeah. for them to really be interested in it. But um, yeah, I mean, our third, fourth, yeah, I mean, everything has pretty much been DIY, mm-hmm. I guess, um, um, since then. But we, you know, we've worked with other people, paid other people to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so so you've been working with the guy then who's been recording you every time. Did you say his name was Alan? Uh, Rick Caswell, Rick Caswell is the. Um, I'm pointing at this thing. <laughs> yeah, at this, this digital Rick's, recorder. Rick's machine. Oh, okay. Um, but you share this space with him, with right? Rick. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we have a studio together called Studio 412, and we're actually looking to you know record. People. Is this is this the this, this would be the live room right okay. here? Yeah, you'd have access to the gear and all that stuff. Well, you can bring your own stuff in. Nice. Uh, and and he's, he's recording. Rick is recording his second record, and he's a good example of uh, somebody who played a lot of cover music yeah. first, and now he's doing his in, own in, in, into his own thing. Um, and it sounds really good. Um, he's getting a nice nice sound out of here. He mixes masters too. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does it all. He's and and it really. I mean, he's he's a great bass player, great singer, great songwriter, and he's really good at this too. I mean, like, yeah. you know, for me, you know, I'm I'm pretty much just guitar and and, and, sing. and sing. But because recording is, I mean, it's really just a whole separate it is art it, form. You yeah, know? it's 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 like it's very much like science and art mm-hmm. kind of bang <laughs> and like do the thing yeah i mean you really see like the physical nature of the music you know and you know you can mm-hmm. see like the you know the, the uh, you know what it does to the you know the computer as right. far There's as like yeah this these wavelengths this, you get these, to see. these hertz are going yeah. here you know it's 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 yeah i mean it's totally have you been interested in ever learning that stuff yeah i i'm starting to become interested mm. in it you know now that i'm you know yeah now find myself going... right in the middle of it Wait, um, do you come here like a lot? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I live right next door. So. I'm, oh, I'm, you live in this building. Uh, I live or next door. In the building next. Yeah. Door. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, um, yeah, so I mean, so I, you I just come walk over, over here. Yeah, right. I can just thing. cruise over whenever. That's you know. cool. I like that. Like, but, like when I was, you know, accidentally ate the brownie. This is this was my. Uh, you know what? I'm just to gonna go ahead and. Out. <laughs> That's cool that you have access to this 24 hours, then. Yeah, yeah, you can come in, you can play here 24 hours a day. Wow. Outside of business, you can really turn it up if you want to. Sweet. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I know there's a lot of artists that's in here. I, I was supposed to interview this one cat who actually ghosted me. He's this producer, dude. He's on the same floor as the symphony. Oh, okay. I don't know what his name is, but he totally just <laughs> ghosted my ass. Really? Like, it was fucked up because, like, I usually hit people up, like, one or two days before the show and be like, hey, right. we're still doing this? <laughs> yes or no? And if it's no, I don't care. That's fine. It's mm-hmm. like I've been doing this long enough to know that shit changes. Yeah, right. Um, But he was like, yeah, man, cool. Yeah, I'll see you there at 11. And I come yeah. down here and I'm fucking just hanging around. Was like, was he act like he didn't know you, or he just never, no, he and, just and never then he never responded ever. at all. I sent him, and we were only respond, we were only corresponding through emails, and we never had each other's numbers. So like, I sent him an email, and I was like, "Hey, I'm here," and like, blah blah. <laughs> he was like, "It's another scam podcaster. I'm not gonna go down there." <laughs> like, but, you well, know, that's weird. But man. I know, but I know that it's weird for me to just reach out to people I don't know. You know, it, it, it's weird to like. What, especially in this day and age where you're always constantly trying to be scammed or sold something to get something in your inbox on Facebook you're just like what in the fuck is this right. and then and then my my website has that colorful picture of my son next to Java the Hut and that's what comes up in the link share <laughs> in the so, photo so, so that's goofy. also another thing they're just like what in the fuck Java what <laughs> okay no 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 <laughs> no no no, no. 
we're not doing this. This is some weirdo. So I get that it's a weird thing to just reach out. Well, and soon, like, as soon as you've already started talking to them, I mean, that's really strange. Well, know? that that's disrespectful. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that that is a that, like my time is worth way more than than dudes fucking like like petty bullshit or whatever yeah. the reason was. And, and I don't care, you know, like. Even if he was like ghosted me and was like the next day was like, hey, dude, I am so sorry. Yeah, right. Got an accident. Come back. And he doesn't even have to give me an explanation. I don't need your excuses. I don't mm -hmm. care. Mm -hmm. All I know is that it's not going to happen. That's fine. R right, right. A little courtesy like, sorry, bro. <laughs> Maybe next time. And I would. I would be like, okay, cool. Let's yeah, reschedule we'll something and try it again. Shit happens. I get that. But they'll just not like respond. Is just like that is just like yeah, the biggest asshole. Pretty move. obnoxious. Especially when you've already established like this is when it's happening. Hey, we're gonna do this, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, the here third, I come. Third or fourth communication, and then on the fifth we, one, yeah, even like, reconfirm. <laughs> it's just such an odd thing to just be like, oh, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he's gonna make. Well, it's not like you're gonna make money off this, or this is gonna advance your career to the next level whatever that is it's just you know i mean it's gonna it's still i still have an audience that cares mm -hmm. and like people you know if you spread your name around you know it's it's not a lot but it, it helps so well yeah man I'm, I'm certainly glad to do it hey man well, i <laughs> sorry, appreciate sorry it. this this guy uh oh i don't care well, it's hey. happened a couple times but it's only happened actually twice and both times fucking they were just Stop end communication. Just we're done. Strange. strange. And, and you know, like, and then there's like people are weird. Musicians are weird, right? You know, mm. they have a, they're yeah, anxious. There's a lack of you know giving giving everybody else a bad name. Well, but, but I mean, like musicians can be weird and have weird little anxiety things where it's just like it sure. becomes too much for them, and like the, then to respond is to like you know reinforce these. Behaviors. I, I, I can see that. that whatever yeah. I'm rambling on to get but, to. But I, like mean, it, I mean, it's that's like, yeah, you, you got to be respectful. You know. I think so, uh, and that's a lot of the problems we're having right now in this country. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lots of disrespect going on. Okay, so so you guys were never really interested in doing like extensive touring or anything uh, like that. You, know, you guys mean, are I, just sort of just playing it, it and was, having fun. I mean, I think if, if it would have came along and you know we would have been. If, if it would have been a job, you know, mm. we we couldn't tour and you know go on vacation, you know, mm -hmm, yeah. we we couldn't tour and spend money, right? Um, so it it just didn't never formulated. Hmm. Um, do you have do you have kids or anything? No, mm -hmm. no, no. I um never had any children, not yet anyway. Do you want kids? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> down the road. Yeah. Um, not right now. Cool. Not right now, for mm -hmm. sure. I mean, I, I, I want to, you know, build on my well, own career. Well, you're like a few here. months into, uh, or you said, uh, were you, you're a couple months, right? Or a uh, year or so? Uh, 18 months. 18 months. So mm -hmm. you're a couple years into, like, living probably your dream, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right, and right. Like, I just want to be able to live. Live off of what I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's been very, I've been very lucky. You know, I've been very, you know, I'm very grateful for it. You know, it's. Well, when cool I was people here, keep hiring I, me. I didn't, by the time I left in 2006, I mean, and I was a fucking alcoholic, degenerate, drug addict, but still, I was still playing and I was still active. Mm -hmm. uh, I, it never, Toledo never came across to me at that point 
as like a place where you could like make a living d- playing, playing music. music here. Yeah. In that time, now that I'm back here, I mean, I, I'm not just able to live off the money music I, money I make off of music and gigging. I have other av- avenues of revenue, but it's way more plausible now than yeah. I felt like back then. Is, For sure. Do you agree with that? I, I do. I do. I you know, and, and I recently just got into the solo and duo mm-hmm. thing. You know, I mean that that's 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 where the money is for me. Well, it um, seems like that's all people want to hire right now. Yeah, which is you know, w- w- which is which is cool, and at the same time, yeah, it's somewhat cool. discouraging for for some bands. But I mean, it's it's you know, I mean, it's there's so many places around town now in Toledo mm-hmm. that that'll that'll have you. You yeah, know? I yeah. mean, and they'll they'll entertain it, you know. Which is so. incredible. So what? I mean, it wasn't really you weren't really interested in being. I mean, you were, but like at that time back in like the two thousands, like mm-hmm. uh, being a full time musician really wasn't what you I, were trying I, I to pursue. I, or? I, you know, my ex wife was was um, you know my my the life outside of music was was sort of. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't like we wanted that to happen. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, she, she didn't. It wasn't encouraged. Yeah, right. I guess it wasn't encouraged. I guess. <laughs> Don't like, encourage. Why don't you get out there and you know get, go out there for a couple of weeks and see what happens? You know, it, 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 that was never ever said. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, so. Hey, honey, and, and follow and, your dreams. Yeah, right. It, it, <laughs> it was, it, that wasn't. That certainly wasn't a, a thing. Like, well, you you do enough of that. You know, you, you should be happy. You know. and, and here we are, and that, that's your ex-wife. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, now you know. I mean, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever floats my boat. I guess. I mean, yeah. it's really, it, it's kind of an obnoxious thing to say, but I mean, it, it's really like what I want to do. Like, you know, I find that so beautiful because you don't have kids you're not i mean you're not married i mean i'm not trying i don't know what your relationship is but you know i have, a, I have a lovely girlfriend you have a lovely girlfriend who seems like she's very understanding open-minded mm-hmm. about oh, yeah. about the whole situation why the fuck wouldn't you like you yeah. have no like like you don't have to worry about college fund for this little needy fucker here, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah you just, right you know i mean I, I've, why, I've got why wouldn't you live it how you want to mm-hmm I've, I I love that. I think that's awesome, man. To, yeah, for you yeah, to I like mean, be like, you know, the you have all this experience, and then to walk away from. I mean, insurance is a career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, selling oh, yeah. insurance is salesman. Right. Um, to walk away from that and to be like, I'm just gonna sell myself. Yeah. Now. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, I'm I mean, it, and I'd, faces. it's it's really. Um, yeah, it's really so so self fulfilling to like you know, totally only be relied on yourself as far for so that know, financially. Was, that yeah. was eighteen months, and mm-hmm. and what pushed you over the cliff was that you were laid off, or you just like yeah. What pushed me over the cliff was, you know, I, yeah, I was just I knew I could do it. I knew I could. You know, it's just like hey, you know, I I don't need to have somebody. I mean, I, the money is not as good, but mm-hmm. the life is great. Yeah, you know, I don't need somebody else to. You know, you're a grown ass man, <laughs> right? I, 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 I don't, I don't need you know you to give me health insurance and you know and uh, and and money. I can I can do it myself. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I, I'm always interested in people's stories about why they took the plunge because there's always like that moment where they're just like, 
And then she told me to fucking take the curly fries back, and I fucking took my apron off, threw it in the bitch's face, and walked the fuck out, and was like, I'm doing this myself. Yeah, yeah. Or it was just like, eh, just, I don't know. I've always done this. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, yeah. Cause I, you I, talk I, to these career musicians who, like, out of high school were <laughs> reading and doing, doing it right, unlike me. Who didn't like care to learn how to do it right? Just well, I'm gonna do it myself, mm-hmm. and which whatever I, I'm 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 happy with where I'm at right now. But um, mm-hmm. you, see, I just I'm still burnt from yesterday. <laughs> I fucking don't even know where we what were we even talking. Well, about? you you were you were you were talking about the curly fries and and, and, oh, do, yeah, and yeah. going off on when your own thing. When people fuck it, yeah. Yeah, some people just are out of high school doing it, and then some people, you know, they find it. And for me, I was th- thirty, and I got fired from my job, and my mm-hmm. son was just born. And, oh man! And like I had, and my wife, she got fired from her job. Holy shit! She got thrown on the bus because she was she went back to work early after the baby. It, it was really hard oh, for her. Oh, God. Yeah, it was really really hard for her. And then they threw her under the bus, and then they were like, because she was like. She was like corporate level, and then all of a sudden they wanted to take her down to grunt level, and it's like, well, we'll keep you on as a grunt. Because of the maternity thing? No, because because she had done her job so well that they felt guilty for just flat out firing her, and so they wanted to give her an option that she would refuse. You know, like she, so they <laughs> okay. couldn't just fire. Maybe they couldn't just fire or something. But it was some real bullshit stuff. It it, it sucked for her, and it sucked for us because oh, then. That's- all of a sudden, I had to go back to work full time, which was fine. I didn't care. I hated my job. It was office job. But I mean, like, so then we started our own business. In that meantime, she was like, well, we got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And Southern California rent. And we yeah, live three right. blocks from the beach. Yeah. Uh, so, like, we had we had to get shit done. And we yeah. had a baby. Um, and then and then, like, I, starting the business, newborn baby. And then there was this job that I hated. And then so I was just getting bad at my job mm-hmm. and I just started making shit up at my job. And then they found out I started making shit <laughs> up about my <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, that, and they were like, okay, you got to go. Okay, buddy. See you later. And there's nothing worse than the disappointment in your wife's face when you have to like deliver this terrible news. Like, hey, honey, I don't know how we're going to pay rent next month. I got, I fired. got fired. I suck. <laughs> And so, like, it, that was the moment where it was just like, okay, well, it's, it's time. I have this talent that I've been sort of sleeping on, kind of, and um, I was also newly sober, <laughs> and yeah, and I fucking focused, and it was just like, it, and it wasn't that yeah. hard at all. Not really. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's everybody loves musicians. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not like, it's like it's it's like it's a you know. Nobody likes insurance people, you know. Nobody, nobody <laughs> likes, off, you know. I mean, like, it's just like, you know, right. it's like, it's like, you know, when you have this talent, and you know, you can, you know, you'd have to sell yourself, obviously, but you know, it's celebratory. Exactly. Know, like, hey, we're gonna go watch you play music. Let's go get some drinks. You know, right, I mean, right. it's 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 a happy thing, you know. Exactly, and it's not. And it's something that you can glom onto, and it, and it just gets. Yeah, better, I, and if know? you fucking really focus and you really like put the effort and energy into it. Like you'll grow as a musician, and also you'll grow as like a business. You'll mm-hmm. grow as like mm-hmm. you, you just keep growing. You, you grow when your, you really yourself. Keep, you know, I mean, it, it's 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 good for you financially, and it's also good for you, you know, emotionally, and and it's you know that's what I said. Like I said, it was real self fulfilling. You know, Hell yeah! Really cool. You know. Hell yeah! Being able to take care of yourself. Yeah. Have you ever seen the show Shark Tank? 
Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. I like that show too, and I like it. There was one guy, the asshole older guy, who was just like Mr. Wonderful. I think. The bald that, guy. Yep. Yeah, Mr. Yeah, Wonderful. He's he's awesome <laughs> because he's just like this is like hell real with you, like, and then like he'll even say, "Is like I don't want to be in business with you because you're." Because, like, if someone still has a day job and they're trying to do this side hustle. How are they going to do it? Right. He's like, I'm not interested in investing you if you're not going to invest in yourself. And I think right. that was, like, the biggest, like, just a revelation that, that just of be, watching TV. Well, just, people's, people oh. who are successful, uh, uh, you know, whether financially or, or whatever, come and say something that you hear and you're like, oh, that, oh, that, I guess I was blocked there. You know, now that's wide right. open. Right, and and you kind of knew that, right? It's mm-hmm. like one of those things you kind of knew, but it was never put in a focus for yeah, you. Yeah, like you know, your dad never went. Don't you know you, know you could fend for yourself, <laughs> stupid? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, and and like there, that's another thing. That's another obstacle that musicians, and artists, and especially around here. And I'm not talking shit about the region, but this is a very work, uh, very blue collar yeah. area. Yeah. Midwest mm-hmm. is super blue collar, so like people are like. Oh, what do you do in your day job? It's like, well, I'm a musician. It's like, no, but what do you do yeah, for yeah, money? Yeah, yeah. So, so, sometimes <laughs> it's, you know, it's laughable, but but that's not, I mean, it's just like, hey, we you're, can do it. Well, exactly. And, but you're fighting against these forces uh, of just survival. Mm-hmm. And you're fighting against your parents, right? Because I don't know if your parents were encouraging, but some no, parents for sure. are. Some mine, parents mine, mine are. Yeah, my parents were very encouraging. Mm-hmm. They were very supportive. They bought me my first guitar. You know, like, they were very supportive. They wanted cool. me to have this outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were always just like, well, go to college and get your degree in something that you hate. So, like, when you <laughs> inevitably <laughs> fail at the thing that you love, you'll have then something to go this, hate this and do. hate pillow to fall on. <laughs> yeah. So, so you have that, which I don't know if your parents were like that. I don't know if they were like, go and be a full-time musician or, were they, or, or if they were just, were yeah, they encouraging you? They were pretty reasonable. You know, okay. I mean, I, so if you could take care of yourself off me, they would have been like, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think they really like my decision. My mom still is like, I, I just wish you would go back to school, mijo. <laughs> <laughs> Add in your own Mexican accent. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she, This is the school of life, mom. I'm still, you know. I'm still learning. I'm, you know, I'm going to be a PhD by the end of this deal. Dude, so there's just so much to work past to get to that point and even in school you're taught to like go get your career you know like go be an electrician right i mean it's all set up art art really isn't i mean those are the first programs to go is art and and music Mm -hmm. it's like bad times come football stays art and music (laughs) fucking goes (laughs) right like think for yourself goes uh recreating war stays let's do it yeah right right yeah eliminating individuality you know don't let them do that to you yeah, and, and so there's so much that people are fighting against, and and no one's teaching people that hey, this is a career choice as well, and mm-hmm. this is kind of how like there's here's your options, and like this is what you can do, like you could totally carve a, pl- a path out for yourself, or you can kind of go down this path that other mm-hmm. people have done. It's just like, like any other career, it is an option, and it's just taken off the table at such a vulnerable age where it's just like you're just slapped down to believe that you have to be in a factory or do well you know i think it's probably because other people can't make money off you you know i mean that's that's, you know when when you're off when you're off on your own doing your own thing you're the only one right doing it and maybe you can create money for somebody else but the person selling you something isn't making any money off right so i mean it's 
that's also another reason that, that that's you know the, the, <laughs> that unfortunately you know the you know the you know our culture is so money driven and you know frankly greedy these days it's it's there's not enough money in it so why would you do that right you can't get rich doing that well i don't give a fuck about getting rich <laughs> I, I i just want to you know be happy and yeah i want to uh, i want to be able live to my life doing what i want to do with right. respect yeah mm -hmm. right i don't you know i don't give a shit about making you money i'm gonna do do this for myself yeah yeah and, and uh, especially someone in your position who can do that i think that's amazing and fuck dude i mean it, I, I get how it, as you get older and you start having more responsibilities in life where it's like, fuck, dude, like that dream sort of becomes this distant, you know, thing in your head that's sort mm -hmm. of just evaporating and you're sort of taken over by family and bills and life insurance and fucking <laughs> yeah, car right, right. insurance. Right. You, you, you get you get uh, wrapped up in other people's products yeah you know like <laughs> and, and then you just forget about yourself and like this part of you that you love so much is just dying and then you're just sort of left as the shell which is mm -hmm. super sad i'm not trying to like hate on anybody who's taking these paths you know like my my dad he fucking was a tire salesman my mom mm -hmm. was fucking nurse's aide you know like mm -hmm. very working class family from that so yeah. like no hatred towards that no downing that it's just that there are there are certain things in place that sort of deter people from becoming what own. they want, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. becoming their self, their true self. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that's and it's, you know, like Mr. Wonderful says, you got to go out there and just dive in and do it. You yeah. Know, you, just, you have you know, to take I, that. I, you, leap. Have to, you have to invest in yourself. And, and what sucks is that like some and it's people, scary. Yeah. And that's people, the whole people thing. make you think it's really scary. But, you know, it's. It's a lot scarier when you have when you're older and you have all these bills and you right. have all this. But you know, if you're 25 or whatever and you you know you live in a one bedroom apartment, and <laughs> yeah, with ten other dudes, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. yeah, like my rent is 150. I, I share it with you know four people. Yeah, or, you know, it's a great time to do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, youth is great. Uh, I wish I would have actually focused a little better in my mm. 20s, but I, you know, I, I think people, I, I you know, as you know, as the generations keep going forward, I, I think people are going to become more self-reliant. It seems like that rather than being corporate, because you know, the, because you know, the corporate life. I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, it, you know, the, to each their own. But I mean, it's really getting shit on these days for oh, sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, just because it's just so systematic, and you know, you need to do this, 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 and this, and this. Like, well, fuck you, I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, then go do your own thing. You know. Yeah. I'm not doing and and I, and I think people that you know. You know, business owners and people who are, who are, you know, you know, financially successful, you know, business people want you to do what you want to do. Mm. You know, they don't want you to be some grunt. Right. You know, they want you to like. Yeah. You know, they they want you to be successful. You know? Right. And that's and I think that mentality is is trickling down now, and you know I think people are going to be more. You know, there's going to be more people who are self-employed. I guess in the next. Well, the internet has just been so integral in that process, mm -hmm. in that evolution, because, I mean, like, until 2008, which was the great <laughs> economy <laughs> collapse. Right, right. So, out of that, I kind of saw, just out of my traveling, is like, you see these cities, they, got, they ate a pile of shit, um, and then out of that came this sort of local economy. Mm -hmm. um, a good example, I suppose, would be homemade Toledo. 
mm-hmm. you sort of see these people who are like, fuck, dude, I just lost my pension and everything. And right. I my, got, my house is worth nothing. Yeah. I've got, you know, all this debt, you know. And, and then so, like, you're sort of left to your own devices and, and, the, and the people – and you really see people who would create the creative mind is really what's yeah. sort of taking over. Right. You're you're finding people on Etsy making a whole life for themselves, just making fucking puppets. Yeah, right. And my right. wife teaches voice lessons online to people all online. over the world. All That's over the world. All over the fucking world she teaches lessons. Um she, That's cool. I agree. We traveled all summer last last year. We van lifed and we would just pull into a town and sh- we'd go to like a Starbucks, go in and buy stuff and sort of get the lay of the land. And then we'd park our van right in front of the fucking Starbucks and she would just teach off their Wi Fi for three hours while me and my son went and just explored the city. And so <laughs> That's so, great, man. So, so like, it, it's made it, it's the internet has made it possible for people to sort of take their life into their own control. Yeah make their own money the way they want to do it uh-huh. and then do it mobily or not mobily or you know or, like yeah, anywhere yeah. my buddy he fucking makes uh actually zach the basis for green acres action he makes his own fucking um splatter guards and he sells them online but he, now he's selling them to kroger and he's starting to grow as oh, a, wow. you know so like he he just started him and his dad just started as like a fucking internet thing and that turned into him moving product to these chain stores and stuff and yeah i mean if if you have a if there's a passion out there for someone for something Mm. you know you can really turn that into something yeah you have to have the passion yeah exactly if you don't have if if you you have to have the passion for whatever you got you know if you don't forget it but if you do (laughs) you know do it it. it. yeah right do it you know if you do you know if that's what you think about at night yeah, mm-hmm. then obviously it's something yeah, that needs to be done. It's, it's, it's like doable. It's, it's it's funny though, like that that can go completely wrong too. Like where a guy has this like terrible idea, but is just like super convinced, and I can't think of any ideas because obviously he didn't make any money off it because it was a terrible idea. But like you <laughs> know, there are those people out there who are like. I got this great idea to fucking online auction fucking company, you know, like, let's, yeah. you mean eBay? No, no, no. It's totally different. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude, we'll go invest your life savings in that. Let's yeah, see yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the yeah, flip they, side, you could be very passionate about a very wrong idea. That's what's fucking, that, that's the other part of it is like, mm-hmm. this might, that, that's the part well, that's that, scary. That, that, like that'll, 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 well, yeah, that'll, that'll teach you some business sense that's for sure. <laughs> right but like and, and like but like even if you have a bad idea and you act on it and you're super passionate and you end up being wrong like if you just walk away from like trying to create your life for yourself because you had one failure then you really did fail mm-hmm. if you didn't just take all that information you just learned on how to fail at something and and try to and, do the opposite that, of that the next time that right. you are <laughs> then, then, then you should probably maybe work for somebody else. Yes, go and fucking work at Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> Not to shit on Jeep, no, Jeep but, workers. But, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you know. I mean, it's, it's just funny that there's a flip side to all that, too, because, like, we're talking on this level where people are taking a chance and being successful, but then there's also the chance that you're going to eat a big flaming pile of shit. That's for sure. Your family might end up in destitute. <laughs> And, you know, you might fucking just destroy your life. Right. But that information you learn from destroying your life is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's sort of what you kind of got to latch on to. It's like, yeah. even if this doesn't work out, I'm going to learn so much about this that fucking after this, I should have a Ph.D. in success. Mm-hmm. 
but you don't. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's just. Well, I mean, you know, if, if you know, I, I said the passionate thing, you know, and if, as long as it's, you know, you also have to be, you know, uh, have a little bit of sense about it. You know, <laughs> you know like you know, it, it has to be somewhat viable. No, you know? you're right. Yeah, you're right. And, and and there's I know there there are people out there who had these ideas that they think are brilliant. They think are viable, and maybe the people around them are not fucking smart enough, or maybe not don't have enough balls to be like, dude, that's a bad idea. But mm-hmm. I mean, this shit happens all the time. Oh yeah, for all sure. the time. There's for sure, just failed, failed businesses that turned into something <laughs> that turned worse or whatever. Right. In any case, so what what is your plan with Stonehouse now you just want to just keep doing what you guys been oh doing? yeah man yeah we, you know we're gonna right, right now the the focus is on the dead project oh sweet for me um but i mean on, on i'm just on and gigging yeah you know, anything that gets gigs you know the reggae band is is uh doing well and what's um, that band called the, the reggae band's called live roots live roots that's right um and we've been playing uh at wesley's on yeah, the first right. the first saturday of the month um, come on out, man! Just sit in. It's it's a, it's a cool little cool little gig. Uh, but yeah, Stonehouse. I mean, you know, we'll just we'll just keep keep playing. You know, just keep. Uh, it's 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 just a way to get together and and play with each other. You know, it's yeah. Um, and sometimes the music, you know, the, the the jams turn into something that's really cool. You know, do you uh, do you guys ever mine music and stuff out of just like freestyle improvisations and stuff do you ever like, uh, yeah, have we're a gonna recording start and you're reco- like oh i like that I, we're then... gonna start recording all our stuff i think oh, okay. that's i think that that'll be our next uh step as a band instead of just being like okay we'll i'm john i'm gonna write this down and then we're gonna play it yeah well i, well, I, I mean we're gonna start recording our shows i mean oh, okay. so we'll we'll start um uh doing that more often that and then you know maybe some of those Maybe we'll get some ideas and mm. work collaboratively. That, yeah. that, that's there you go. Probably there, a good there's idea. Your stepping stones <laughs> yeah, for a right. more collaborative stone right. house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that could work. We're solving things today, John. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're coming to conclusions. But yeah, well, yeah we got this. Um, you know, when I started this this dead project, uh, being grateful. This guy immediately contacted us and said, "Hey, I want to be your sound guy. I, you know, oh. I've I've done." You know, I was a sound guy for a, a tribute band in in South Florida, and, and it's like, okay, cool. And he came over, and he's he's real knowledgeable, real smart guy, real professional. And you know, he, he's just it's like it, it's like having somebody else that's like as into it as you are. Yeah, you know? and, yeah, and, that, yeah. and that's like it just makes it so much better. Yeah, you yeah know? it makes I mean, it exciting. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, he's he's interested in you know like making the gear better, and hey, let's record everything, and hey, let's do this, and you know, it's like great you know and, and, and that's the next step i mean that, that's yeah, certainly yeah. what you know obviously bands that we know and love do right you know they record and they do live streams and they and they say you know they put themselves out there yeah and and then they get um uh you know they find influence within their own performances you know and then write music you know yeah um so that that'll be what you know what we do sweet coming up <laughs> That's cool. The, the guy just sort of was like, "Yeah, I want to just make yeah. sound for yeah, you." Yeah, like uh, I, I put out a video. It was is of of us playing uh, a tune, and you know, like I said, the whole idea was to sound like it, and we mm-hmm. sound like it. 
and uh, he was like, man, yeah, let's let's do it. It's like, yeah. okay, come on over, you know. So now he's like, you know, he's he's like the sound guy, you know. I mean, and he's very professional, and he hears things, you know. Like, you know, I always thought I could run sound, but you know, I pretty much just put a mic in front of something, and yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, yeah. Sound, okay, I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he, th- th- this guy's got, you know, it, it's like, you know, we talked about art form with recording. I mean, yeah. sound. You know, PA and reinforcement is, is like, uh, no, 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 no. We're going to place the thing. mic on the outside. <laughs> we're getting a little too much bass there. Yeah, Let's yeah, go on the outside. We're, we're going to do, uh, you know, we're going to make it sound sound a little bit better. I like that. That's yeah. cool, man. No, uh, we're, we're very lucky. What What is sort of like, a, uh, what's a, oh, how do I, uh, this is, I'm going to start asking the questions I usually ask, uh, my stock questions, because. I like to ask them. <laughs> um, what what is a, a seminal album for you that sort of like flipped the way that you like think of music and how you pr- like pursue it and how you even do it? And so I always give the example like for me, Bitches Brew sort of flipped it all. Bitches Brew, head okay, nice. and fucking and um, and sort of taught me that you can do anything with music. Mm-hmm. It can go anywhere. It, like just mm-hmm. just do it. Uh, I don't know. Was there an album for you, or it, it could be multiple? Uh, yeah, albums. Maybe, I know that's a hard was, question. It was probably you know seeing fish, just seeing them. Yeah, seeing the band. Mm. You know, seeing that. I think was so. That was like, more. Whoa. It was more of a seminal experience than mm-hmm. just like this album that you sort of. Yeah, and you know, album wise, yeah. I mean, I, I guess. Yeah, I just listen to so much music. You know, it's just and and you know, I, I listen to a lot of the. You know, I, I listen to Dead and I listen to Fish and. Too much, that's for sure. <laughs> but I love it, you know. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's, I think it's more for me. It's, it's more live experience than an album. Hmm. Uh, seeing, seeing fish. I mean, you know, seeing hookah that first time when I was sixteen or seventeen years old. I mean, that that was like, wow. You know, this is, you know, being so a guitar player. This is what I wanna. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna be a live it's guitar player. Just like fuck, dude. It's like wow, you can do that with mm-hmm. music and yeah, stuff right. You can play with these people wow. and, and make that happen. Wow. <laughs> you know that that's. It's always been my push. Um, is there something that you're working on with your playing, um, that, like that you're trying to overcome or that you have overcome? So, like a weakness is how I frame it. Yeah. So, like, and I give the example of me, my left hand on the piano isn't up to where my right hand is. So, yeah. like, I'm constantly running drills with my left. So, is there something like that? Not just I, like I've practice or anything like that. I'm saying like something that you had to overcome or are currently working on that with your playing or it could I, be your singing. I, as well. I'm currently currently working on singing harmony. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I was never really much of a singer mm-hmm. just kind of just started singing just because of you know you needed a singer right? <laughs> so i'll do it sing very well and now like i've been more focused on songs and mm-hmm. singing other people's music and you know listening to harmonies and i have a friend who's a really good harmony singer and i've been kind of working with him a little bit but um i've been working on you know trying to sing vocals. harmonies and yeah okay. vocals and, and that kind of stuff me too man i j- like with green acre session jason who's the lead singer in he sort of set up a mic for me. He's like, "Okay, you're gonna sing now." <laughs> I'm just like, like, Which you well, didn't do wait, it like wait, that. What's, what's this? You want me to like talk to people <laughs> right. like in between songs? And it's kind of actually turned into that because Jason doesn't really have. He doesn't like his banter. He he just okay. like I don't like doing that. I was like, he's a. You don't have to sing, but you do have to banter. Yeah. So like I've kind of done that. He's like, "Well, you speak on a mic regularly, so you can do this." And I'm like, "Well, it's different when it's in front of people like that." <laughs> right. But right. It's but it's been fine. It's been fun, and 
uh, uh, but I've also been singing, which is like I'm terrified of it. So I've been doing that lately, and luckily my wife's a vocal yeah, well, vocal that, teacher, that helps. So it totally helps that I have her like just constantly, um, you know, kind of correcting my form and shit. So yeah, that's that's cool. My ex was a singer, so and she scary. helped me with singing some. So scary, dude. Like it's, to me, that is like. Oh my god! Like I, I, the first time I did it with them, like I, I kind of embraced it before first time. But like, I listened to the recordings and shit. I just like, oh god, that's what I was doing in <laughs> front of people. I just don't like. I'm not confident. So when you're deli- when you're not confident in something, your delivery comes off, you know, fucking like right. shit, and yeah. your everything just goes to hell. And something that I do to well, like like when I know my part's coming up, is I play that note that I need to sing. You know, and which obviously you can do. I right, can, right. I can sort of you know, sneak it in. Like, yeah. Right, mm, yeah. G a couple of times. And then, you know, yeah. and then sing. Oh, yeah. And then or, you just or start I'll be there, playing you know? and I'll put my finger in my ear and be like, hey. <laughs> there's a, there's right. a um, we play the song The Weight by the band. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. For people that That's don't know. That's a great harmony like, tune. Right. So, um, something fanny. Take, Take a, a load, load off. off me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to do the third for that D major. So Jason starts with the tonic. I do the third. And mm-hmm. Adam, the lead guitarist, he does the fifth, mm-hmm. I think. And every time I'm just dreaded it. It is just like, huh? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. yeah, right. And I am just, uh, and I'll watch and I do I do Facebook yeah, live. You, you have to you have to like detach yourself. I mean for me like you have to detach yourself from it because you know what the note is. You just hey hey yeah. you, know, you just you just do it. And know? I can instead, hear it instead of like and I and I can do it. I can go to it and it's right most of the time it's like it's around the right frequency. <laughs> it's you know, <laughs> cuz I'll be like hey, and I'll and okay that's a, that's a fucking that's a G flat or whatever. That's it. F sharp. That's the note. Yeah, Yeah, it's like that's right, but the delivery is always just like. (laughs) Here I am. I found it. By the end of the song, it sounds good, but right at the beginning, it's always just like, and you gotta hold it too. So not only are you shitting all over that harmony, but you have to like prolong the shit. You gotta gotta live in that shit moment. (laughs) So that that's been scary, but that's a. That's a good. That's a good advice. If you can sort of like sneak in that note, yeah, just play that note, you know, and sort of like get it ready, right? And then so when you when it's time, it's like I can do it. Well, I mean, that's the cool thing about harmony is it, it's just like a whole nother melody. It's like a whole nother mm-hmm. phrase. You know, this is the phrase of the melody, and then this is the phrase of the harmony. Yeah. And if what you're singing. If you think you're singing a harmony and the and the phrasing sounds exactly like the melody, no, you're just probably copying the melody. Right, right. You know, the, the harmony phrase is just sli- it's just slightly different. You know. Yeah, and it adds so much color and texture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, like, you listen to those, like bluegrass bands who have those beautiful harmonies. Oh yeah. Fuck it. Oh my God, D'Angelo. Oh. Oh, D'Angelo. Yeah, D'Angelo's yeah. fucking harmonies are just fucking unreal and just all that soul shit. Those harmonies. It's just. It's a whole new world for me, and that's what I've been working on, but it's scary. It's a scary world. And now my wife wants me to, like, okay, well, you're singing with them. Well, now you can sing yeah, in the duo. Right, right, <laughs> right. And, and that's that's great, man. That's, that's Which I, I feel like I feel like a schmuck up there just playing the guitar anyway. It's just like, here I am. I'm just the grunt who carries all the equipment and plays guitar. <laughs> Everybody What's the name up. of the duo? Uh, well, it's just me and her, and we just go by her name. It's Rain and Mystique. 
It's just her middle name. Okay. Raina Lawfer doesn't sound as appealing as Raina. Raina Mystique. Mystique. Yeah, that's okay. her middle name. So okay. She just cut off her last name and. Cool. Yeah, so it's just us, and I, it's actually evolved since we've been back here because I've added a loop pedal and an octave pedal, and so I'm building like beats and like bass lines. Cool. And now she has a baritone uke, which she just recently started playing uke, and so now we're gonna incorporate that. Sweet. Band going up. Sound. Sweet. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, those loop pedals are great, man. I just oh, yeah. started doing that myself. It's well, yeah, nice with a solo. When you do pack. the solo stuff, uh, you just go up there with the guitar, no effects. Yeah, yeah, just just an acoustic, and now I got the loop pedal, and then, oh, you know, sweet. just lay down a rhythm and, and play a solo. Solo over it for ten minutes. So, solo, <laughs> solo of it for a little bit, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, but that's, I mean, solos are fun to watch and stuff, but they're also great in those moments, especially when you're playing cover gigs. Like, we're just eating up some yeah, time that's here. That's right. That's right. You know, that's but, right. Uh, I don't know if that if it helped you at all, but. For me, a loop pedal has taken my soloing to another level, just as in just because like I've never really played lead guitar in a band before. So I've never had that um, because playing in your bedroom, lead in your bedroom and then playing lead with a band is two different things. Yeah, right. And um, it's just totally took my playing to a different level because now it's like. I mean, it's very fucking. I mean, I'm just masturbating essentially, but like, <laughs> you're just like, but, a lot of fun. but I'm able to do it to like a set rhythm and I'm able to, yeah. do it, you know, and rather than playing over Hendrix's songs and trying to practice, right? I'm playing over something that's that you've played cut and clear mm -hmm. it, it, exactly for me for this moment. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't uh, know loop, if it's loop, helped you for at sure. All. Loop pedals are a great way to learn how to to, to practice your, you know, riffing. Yeah, and soloing I've, I've been and, wanting to bring know, that up for a while, stuff. actually. I'm glad that came up because I've been wanting to impart that advice. <laughs> because because it, it, it's just, uh, it's it's perfect, especially for songs that you've written and stuff. It's, I don't know about for you, but, like, do you find it's that, like, your style of soloing fits your mute, like, fits the songs you write? like mm -hmm. perfectly and i know that's kind of a stupid obvious statement but like sometimes that's not the case you can write a song and then suck ass on the song. To take it and if you're not like that experience of a soloer it might be hard to kind of figure out what you wrote and how mm -hmm. your modes and shit fit over that mm -hmm. i don't know um yeah i mean for, for me like you know I, i'm a i'm a one chord two chord jam guy three chord oh, okay um you know I, you know I, I, uh, I I always write stuff that I kn I know I can play over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's this for is sure. No problem. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it, play. You know, now like like I said, playing other people's music is is expanding my solo abilities. Being you know, following the chords more. Right. Being melodic. Mm. Um. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much you know what soloing is to me now anymore is just being melodic. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's just sort of. You're not just trying to hit notes right, not because just playing, they fit. Yeah, not just playing, you know, guitar licks. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to play a melody that I hear um, over right. the top of, you know, whatever's going on behind me. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just being in the moment mm -hmm. trying to fill Oh, yeah, that, for sure. Yeah, it's, and having all the knowledge of the scales yeah. and all, all that stuff certainly helps. Yeah, totally. But, um, you know, being, being, being melodic and harmonic is, is I think... Uh, what i'm into now yeah i i feel like being more like ha bringing something that you 
having something to say is more yeah, yeah. important than mm-hmm. just being able to fill a bunch of yeah, fucking yeah, notes being able in to, and yeah, yeah. shredding away. Not 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 uh, not looking to impress, just looking to make it sound good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay, so I've been ending this my the podcast lately with this question because I just I, I love this question. Um, it, have you ever seen that show? Uh, uh, comedians and cars getting caught. Oh yeah, I love Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, Seinfeld's awesome. Um, have you seen the new season at all on Netflix? Uh, I've seen a lot of them. I yeah. I don't know if it's they new all just or what. Mesh together. Yeah, anyways. yeah. It's well, he sits down with Dana Carvey. Oh really? For one I like Dana Carvey. Oh, I love Dana Carvey. His new his last stand up special was amazing too, which is so so awesome to see people like so far into their careers still yeah, fucking right. killing just, it. Yeah, yeah. But he, Dana Carvey is. And Steve Martin and Martin Short they did that. Did you whole, go to that show? I didn't go to it, but I saw it on Netflix, and it was the same oh, okay. show. But like, okay. I would have loved to go to that show. I was driving down the trail going to a gig when there was, and that it was just that must have been packed over yeah. there. Yeah, and traffic hits. Yeah. No, the 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 show. Anyways, uh, I'm getting off topic here, but Dana Carvey asked Jerry Seinfeld a question, and Jerry Seinfeld is like taken back, and and Dan, I think Dana Carvey almost thinks he's like insulting him or something, or mm-hmm. like it was like maybe a, a, a off-putting question, but it was, but he for some reason Jerry Seinfeld was like, no one's ever asked me that before. That's an awesome question. Yeah, and the question's so simple, but it, it always leaves a good taste in people's mouths when when we're done is like when do you feel most loved when do i feel most loved yeah i know it's oh, random wow. <laughs> isn't that i know it's that a, yeah wow um yeah i i guess with i i, I feel most loved um you know in a couple of different places you know with you know with my girlfriend mm. um you know just laying there on the couch you know yeah just um, everyday moment yeah i, I think i think that's you know that that's the heart heartwarming side of it but you know also like on stage um you know when when we're all together and everything's going well and and people are reacting yeah out um out in the audience you know i, I think that's you know that's pure love too hell you know? yeah um so yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know the, the love from 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 the from another person um, in some in an intimate setting, you know, just you know. But also, you oh, know, so I mean, it's it, it, it's 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 two different types of love, maybe I don't know, but but it's it, but it's uh, I'd, I'd say it's definitely both yeah. right up there. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a great answer. The other day. Somebody answered that too. It's this band, actually, another jam band on that I've been talking to, Human Juice Box. I think he's like the lead singer or something. I don't know. They they were kind of just they weren't really they were a little obtuse on their answer about who lead whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> um, they uh, he was saying the same thing. He's like, when I'm playing, mm-hmm. and I'm feeling things. And for some and reason, when it's just flowing, and and you know, there's this this obvious connection mm-hmm. between everybody, yeah, know, the band, the audience. Well, I I almost corrected him. I was like, wait, you so like you don't like when you're around your family, you don't feel loved. And I was like, it was like just me, um, 
pushing my projecting my own idea yeah, yeah, of what right. his answer should be. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, and then I what was What do like, you mean you don't love your girlfriend yeah. or you don't like your mom, Dad? It was yeah, <laughs> daddy issues. I get it. I get it. But it it was a learning moment for me because it's like why would you step in on that answer because like that's when he feels love. Why would you why would you even yeah, care that's, to that's step right, all over that? Right. And it almost like made like the situation kind of awkward but Nice, smooth it out. It was just an awkward situation to begin with. Anyways. <laughs> but, yeah, that is a cool question. Uh, oh, I love the question so much. And it, it's like a very positive way to end things. And I've been just trying to be positive lately. That's, yeah, like, that's, that's the way to be, man. Like, I, I came back to Toledo and I was very negative about the situation because I always was just like, well, I'm out of here. I'm Down not coming back. Down on Toledo. Back. Yeah, but, but nah, hey, man. Done. Now, now it's time to be up on Toledo. Well, it is because it's not the same Toledo that I left. And that's the whole that's been another thing talking to people here is sort of like when I asked you about, you know, back in the mid 2000s, late 2000s, being a working musician here was kind of I mean, it was possible, but it it didn't seem like it is now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I guess we're not going to end it. What what do you think? What do you think contributed to this now this gig economy that we have here in Toledo that might not have been there really before? Huh. I, I think just people going for it, you know, p- people deciding to do their own thing, you know, mm-hmm. with bar owners and, mm-hmm. you know, like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to I'm going to have music and I'm gonna open a restaurant and I'm going to have a bar. And and I think, you know, just the love of 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 music and this town has a has a real love for their local artists and their mm-hmm. local talent, you know, mm-hmm. and I think they believe in them, you know, to the point where they hire them and pay them the. So the play, I mean, so there's so there's so many places that are that have opened up mm-hmm. recently. You know, people taking the plunge and and opening up their own spots and 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 um, wanting music to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I I don't know what to say other than that. I don't. I don't <laughs> no, right? I mean, it's, it's right. No, I, it's just it's it's fascinating to me because it seems like all over the country this is sort of something that's happening with. With a lot of cities, especially cities that were like industry driven, that might have mm-hmm. had a harder time during the recession. Yeah, uh, like Spokane, Washington has a super Toledo vibe to it for me. Oh, really? When I was there, it has like a Toledo vibe, but even though it's in Washington and shit, mm-hmm. whatever. But it has that like, I don't know, it has the like mono cloud that's around for almost year round until summer comes and the sun peers through. Yeah, it has like. Uh, you know, it was driven by like very industrial blue collar, and yeah. that kind of dissipated. And uh, but now there's this like huge investment in the arts community. Yeah, and, and even like in here in Toledo, there's like uh, I don't think it's an endowment, but there's something that the city offers to like for artists. There's money for artists oh, yeah. to develop their art. Yeah, Toledo's a great spot for, for, for artists, man. It's it's. I think so too. I, it's I, it's a low cost of living. There's mm, people exactly. people um, encourage it and you know nourish it, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a great place to be. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not. My attitude has totally changed since I've been back. Just seeing like what I've seen. That's great. And this is. You know, it's my own shit. Some kid, the shit that you decide when you were in your twenties. Like mm-hmm. I'm done with that city. Bye, yeah, bitch. Yeah. I, I think people that you know grew up in Toledo are more down on it than people that have, you know are not like me or not from it that are, are making a living here. Like, 
right down sweet right town <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah my wife is just absolutely in love with this city. yeah she yeah, loves and, it and she, she loves that it's cheap she loves that it's in the middle of like fucking huge cities mm-hmm. like you can go you can be on the east coast in like eight to twelve hours yeah right you can be down in nashville in like seven to eight hours mm-hmm. like you you can just You're like there's chicago, so much yeah you, chicago indies there is yep obviously just, coming back you know but that's where we were supposed to move. We were supposed to move to Detroit. We were supposed to go from San Diego to Detroit. But then my wife had never been to Detroit. And I was like, well, you know, Detroit might be a little different than what you think. I mean, I grew up around there and I played there and I've been, you know, I've spent a lot of time there. It's not really the greatest city in the world, but I guess it's doing okay. So we came back and then we went and saw the neighborhoods that our realtor was like, because we had a realtor, we had a loan in place, we had mm-hmm. everything. And we saw these spots that our realtor, he's like real up and coming neighborhoods. Fucking look like, fucking yeah. look like Afghanistan. So, shit. Yeah, that, that, it was pretty it was rough over there. Fuck up, dude. Like, how Definitely. is it, the people on porches staring you down? Like, why are you in this fucking neighborhood right now? Like, get yeah, your the realtors fuck bringing out. you through there. Like, yeah, this, this is gonna be pretty good here. Yeah, people <laughs> are gonna be flocking here in, in twenty years. You're gonna be fucking happy you moved here. So she saw the city and did not like it, and it worked out that we ended up here. So. Well, Anyways, that's, that's cool, man. Yeah, man. John, you know, congratulations on your fucking, your, your almost two years into mm-hmm. Thank fulfilling you, man. your life's dream of being a working artist. Thank you, bro. It's a fucking, it, it's fucking, it's, it's like one of the most fulfilling things that an artist can do is be like, I am fucking my own person. Mm-hmm. I'm doing myself. I, I'm very grateful. Very <laughs> I lucky. Post, I post Thank shit you. on Facebook. I don't have to worry about some fucking nosy fucker <laughs> yeah, at right work being like, oh, he smokes weed. HR on the door yeah. here. <laughs> I can say whatever. Well, not whatever. I'm, I'm not a fucking, <laughs> I'm not a monster, but <laughs> yeah. I can do pretty much and say things that I want to say mm-hmm. tastefully. Uh, that I want, and so can you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing, man. Um, so what? What's the next? Uh, this probably won't be coming out for about three weeks. So three weeks. Okay. So the gig. Uh, well, the 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 Grateful Dead band, Being Grateful, is playing the 29th at um, 29th of September. Okay. Yeah. At uh, Paula Brown Shop okay. on the patio, but seven o'clock show probably. September seventh through ninth is the second. September seventh through ninth is the uh, the Harvest Fest, the, I believe they call it. Um, fuck, I, I have a whole video. We made a video for this. We're giving away a ticket, which is still going on. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, we're giving away our ticket that they gave us because every band gets one free ticket. Oh, okay. So we're just gonna give it to somebody. Yeah, cool. And the videos generate a lot of fucking a lot of interest towards well, it, it did what exactly what we wanted that's it to perfect do. so we're happy about that but yeah uh, those guys are doing great man andrew price uh, uh frog town we, we know him frog town yeah frog town. nice nice kid wax tastics uh, I mean, yeah yeah he's doing guys. he's doing he's really promoting the the young guys yeah uh wax tastic uh bacano was in this was actually in this building oh sweet uh, those guys are doing great yeah yeah um and yeah, and there's a nice little scene, and everybody's you know super supportive. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I, yeah, I, I really love that, uh, and I feel like that kind of support wasn't here when I was here as well. Which yeah, I mean, I mean it's, maybe it's, it wasn't. Maybe it was, and I was just in the shit circles. But it was just yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's it's de- it's definitely supportive and less um, you know competitive, I guess. It, well, it probably was due to like the actual like the gig. F- the gigs weren't 
there like they are now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, if there so was there 10 were, gigs before, now there's 100. Yeah. You know, so you there's, So there's more there's more space for people yeah, to right. fill out and yeah. you you it's, don't have this famine thinking. It's looser. Yeah. Right. It's it's like I got to get that gig before that fucker <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Chill right. out, bro. There's another one coming <laughs> up, man. <laughs> Right. Uh, okay, right. so the September 29th at Paula Brown, and that's yep. being grateful. That's being grateful, and then Stonehouse plays. Um, Stonehouse is going to play at Momentum, which is that uh, it's a festival they have down here in Promenade Park. Oh, really? I think it's the second one they've done. Sweet. Um, but that's a that's a local local fest. Sweet. Artists, uh, uh, craftsmen, people like that, be down there. Um, but that's the 15th of September. That's going on the 13th to the 15th of September. But that'll be the Stonehouse. Sweet. Uh, next Stonehouse. And then you guys do a monthly gig at Wesley's. Uh, the, the reggae band plays at Wesley's the first Saturday of the month. The band's called Live Roots. Sweet. Um, and, th- and is that is that a lot of covers or is that? A that's lot yeah. That's all. That's all. All covers. Uh, all covers. Sweet. You know, guy from decent folk uh nat ducat um sings a lot of great tunes it's, it's cool sweet mm-hmm. right on well john thank you so much i really appreciate you inviting me into your studio well, yeah, man. thank you for uh coming on in right on man
thanks, John, for coming on the show. I appreciate you spending some time with me talking on the mics. Thank you guys for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Go ahead, write the show at wespeakenglishgood at gmail.com. You can also check out the website wespeakenglishgood.net and leave a review on iTunes and other places, <laughs> wherever you get those those damn podcasts that you guys be listening to. Anyways, I'm going to go. I'll see you guys real soon. HJ's for everybody. Be good to your fellow human beings.